Yes. I think we should go around and say who is our daddy in this episode. Um, my daddy is Coach Taylor in this episode. <laughs> uh, it's gotta be. My <laughs> daddy is Marlon the fish from Finding Nemo. <laughs> this is utter nonsense, Nick, so feel free to just, you know, chime in. Probably, you know, the Loch Ness Monster for me. Love it. You know, Great just, choice. Uh, I've always thought his morals were in a good place. I look up to Definitely. Him, so. I feel like he would have been a really withholding dad. Oh, yeah. Very withholding, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Daddy issues. There's no daddy issues like Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Okay, let's let's tell everybody who we have with us. Yes, let's do it. Carly. Who do we have with us? <laughs> I thought Monica had something ready. Oh, 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 I do. I do. She okay. does. So um, this I'm is our Nick. first guest ever. You're like, uh, do I speak? Um, this is our first guest and we're so excited. And so I wanted to make a little music for it. So I decided I didn't make this. I wrote this. No. Okay, here we go. I ever needed you, buddy. You know now, I really do, but don't ever let me start feeling lonely. Hey, so that's Willie Nelson's buddy, because we have a new buddy on the podcast today. (laughs) I feel so old with a Willie Nelson introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was only for you, just because you're old. The rest will Just be like why these we, pop we were songs. gonna, yeah, we were gonna do Post Malone, and then we were like Willie Nelson. Yeah, Post Malone's really more of our vibe, Nick. <laughs> He's my favorite Texas artist. Thank <laughs> you, thank you for appealing yes, to me. Sadly, in my time. Yes, luckily Monica and I. Um, if, if there's any crowd, we probably don't run with. It's the youths. So. Uh, with the, the youths. youths. Although Monica more than me. Yeah, I'd say that. You listen, you, you're like up on, on the trends. On the trends. And the fact that I just said that proves that I am not. You are not up on the trends. <laughs> um, but yeah, Carly, tell us how we got connected with Nick. Okay, so Nick is, we are, what, third, third cousins? You're going to know better than me. I think it's third. <laughs> I think it's third cousins. So you have your first cousins, and, and then, then you have your, your second. second. No, you have your cousins, and you have your first cousins. And your, no, honey, right. <laughs> that's from Mean Girls. Yes. Um, so my mom's cousin's daughter Audrey, who's my second cousin, is your cousin. niece cousin. So we're third cousins. I can't remember cousins Audrey is generational. Like two years apart. It? <laughs> yeah, it's like cousins once removed. I never know. Are you Jennifer's cousin? I am Jennifer's nephew. My dad is Jennifer's brother. So our relation is unknown to mankind. It's still a mystery. <laughs> they're working on it. Do you have any genealogy experts out there tweet at us? Yes. Uh, I think we'll just go with third cousins. Of relationship. Yes. 
But so my family is from Texas. My mom's side of the family, which is Nick's side, um, is deeply rooted in South Texas in McAllen. And I believe that's where Nick still lives. So tell us, tell us about who you are. <laughs> okay, it's very open-ended. Uh, <laughs> start, from was, start from the beginning. I was, <laughs> I was born in McAllen at two years old. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you were born at two years old. <laughs> That's uh, a long time. that work? At two years old, I was in there for a very long time. My mother <laughs> hated me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, I went to high school in uh, McAllen. I played high school football. I was a senior when the first season of Friday Night Lights came out, so it just felt Ooh. like, and I was, I was like, this is our life. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then I went to UT, uh, studied film, wanted to do the whole film thing, uh, and that is when I ended up being an extra on Friday Night Lights season four. Um, after that, I moved to LA for a short period of time, and when I was out there, I missed my family too much, and I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And so I did the LSAT, uh, didn't do great. <laughs> it was enough to get into law school. And That's then, pretty uh, great if it's enough to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And then so uh, now I'm a, I'm an attorney and a, a dad, dad first. Uh, got two beautiful boys, Emmett and Levi, uh, two nice. and zero. Great names. And those guys are awesome. <laughs> two and so. zero. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for not saying Two like and baby, baby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby and littler baby. I'm just glad you aren't one of those people that say like, my daughter is 57 months. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that is not, that is way too far. No, I can never months. do the math on that. I don't, I don't we understand. shouldn't be asked to. Once they turn one, they are one. Like, yes, I don't get that. Don't I'm make sorry, me do math. I don't, it's unnecessary. Yeah. A few things in this world I care less about than how many months other people's children have been alive. <laughs> Or the weeks. I mean, when, when the, oh, you know, yeah. the mother's pregnant, like, oh, I'm 17 weeks. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I what even, Just what? what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's more than a day. That is just it's noise coming from an ugly scientist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just noise. Well, we do a little a fact checking at the beginning, things that we say incorrectly, which we can jump right into. Yes. Yeah, I realized. So last time I was talking about the what's that thing where... You know, you film a scene and Nick, you probably would know this immediately because I was couldn't find the answer. Oh, I remembered what this was later. Go yes, ahead, though. same. So if if you film a scene and then the dialogue, some of it is um, not being picked up too well from the cameras, you go back and you re-record it and it's called ADR. Automated dialogue replacement. Isn't that what they also call the... What is it called where people like to listen to these gross YouTube videos and like it's all whispering? ASMR. And oh. ASMR. Not ADR. <laughs> I think they're uh, gross too. They make me cringe. Me too. Okay. But there's two versions because one is oh, like, no. I've seen one where someone's like eating ramen. I'm like, I would never want to <gasps> listen to that. Ew. But there was one on like the Tasty channel of like the making of like brownies and it was like the bowl comes in and it's like whoosh and then he like cuts the chocolate and then that was like really pleasing to me. I like the sound ones. The ones when people are talking and they're like and you close. I I feel like I'm being hypnotized. Yeah. Well Monica like that sounds to me like that like I mean that probably would make me want to make a brownie right after. Right. But 
a lot of them just like don't make sense like why are you doing it? like someone would be like rubbing their fingers across the wall I'm like why would you do that yeah. <laughs> yes it needs to have like a purpose yeah, yeah. they're making brownies they're cutting an brownies, end so. goal right yeah there's this one lady that just has like acrylic nails on and she just taps them and talks into the microphone i'm like stop it that's hate so that. weird <laughs> okay was that do we have more corrections i have some we have a couple more um right, let's hear it so carly um is has been sober since january and she said, I'm a teetotaler. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I looked it up and it is real. And it's spelled T-E-E-T-O-T-A-L-E-R. Teetotaler. Yeah. Did we it? find out what, I've it, never heard of that. what it's from? I had never heard that word until I stopped drinking. And then everybody started saying it to me. And I was like, How, what is this? Congrats on the sobriety. That's, that's cool. Thank you. I really just did sober January and then just didn't stop. It really wasn't like, anything fancy. Yeah. but kind of nice. <laughs> No, Carly, tell your story. I've been loving it. <laughs> Okay, well, I woke up once in the gutter. (laughs) 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 No, but it has been actually really cool. uh, You feel sharper? Yeah, I mean, for the first few months, I definitely was like, I'm Superman. Although now it's just regular and I'm a tired old person again. So, yeah, (laughs) like plateaus. You adjust. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I just, the definition was just like someone who does not drink alcohol. It was very boring, but that's, it is a word. And I, I like found to the think correct it's spelling. Like a colonial term or something. E, what was it? I've never, teetotaler. And why is it EE? Like, like a golf tee? I know. Who knows? We we'll got to find do the that etymology. In the <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll do it at like a super fact check of it next time. <laughs> <laughs> fact check, fact check. Right. And then Carla, you mentioned that book um, that you liked and it, yeah. it is called The Naked Mind and it's by Annie Grace. And Annie Grace is from Denver. Oh, nice. Represent. Yeah. She's a little Colorado. It's cool. It's it's not like you can read it even if you don't want to stop drinking. It's also a lot about the marketing <laughs> world of alcohol. Um, it's not like a – it sounds self-helpy, but it's really it's, – uh-huh. she works in uh, marketing. She talks about people who design bars and all the crazy stuff that goes into society's perception of alcohol and stuff. It's really interesting. Did you find that, like, after you started the sobriety thing, or was it, like, what you latched onto to motivate it? Uh, Yeah, I read it before, or when I knew I wanted to keep, or, like, stay sober, but it was also suggested to me, or, well, not to me, this girl in a (laughs) podcast I listened to. (laughs) Again. (laughs) While you're in that gutter. Right. Someone just tossed you the book. (laughs) The clown from It whispered to me in the gutter. (laughs) Um, but Georgia Hardstark from My Favorite Murder, one of my all-time favorite podcasts, uh, suggested it, and it's really great. Love it. Get your mind naked, people. Okay, and then the, <laughs> the next one was, so I do a segment, Nick, called um, Monsplains Football, which is... A, oh, okay. Yes, so I, but I said something about how, you know, I mean, this was a very simple fact, but um, we're we're also trying to think about our listeners that don't know anything about football. And so I was saying that, you know, just to get a touchdown, you just have to break the plane um, before your knees are down. But I said cross the plane, and I just want to reiterate, break the plane is more the common phrase. That was really I mean, though. just touching it. Like, you imagine it's like an invisible wall vertically, and, like, if the football literally just touches it before a knee is down, the idea is that's a touchdown. So yes. you're just looking for, like, any, any like, part of the leather is crossing there. It doesn't have to be half of the ball. Oh. No, I, I used to think, I think, 
even when I played in high school that like the whole football had to cross and then yeah. I got into the NFL after and I was like, what? Like I could have just done like that or something. Like, Crazy shenanigans. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, let me do our last fact because I'm really excited to intro our guest and learn more about him being Wait, in the NFL. Wait, but I have a fact that. check too. <laughs> oh, go. Well, we have one more, I think. Yeah, it's mine. <laughs> oh, and please go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I chatted with my sister. Um, oh, great. Now I'm going to have to scroll up through all of our bread texts. Um, Classic. <laughs> please hold. But my sister was listening for the first time. She hasn't watched the show. She has a new baby, so forgive her. Honestly, oh. I'm surprised that she is listening to it at all without having watched the show. <laughs> she said, oh, so we talked, we told a story last time about, or I guess it was in episode one about Monica, me and my sister's trip to uh, Harry Potter world. And anyways, my sister was, was involved a lot, but I asked her how she enjoyed the episode. And she says, um, yes, I enjoyed all the references to my esteemable person. I haven't finished the episode, but I've already been mentioned twice, so I must have already been through all the interesting parts. <laughs> I love that. She Mary. also, yes, Mary. 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 She says she has no issue with our insults of her desire for coconut LaCroix. Uh, okay. But she does say Monica's the one who should be embarrassed. Cran raspberry? Ew. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. I'll have to text Shots her later. Fired. Yikes. I just don't understand why that's such a strong um, objection to it. It's like to coconut. Oh, the cran- oh. I don't like the cran raspberry either. Tbh. Zero opinion on. It <laughs> like I have no dog in this fight. <laughs> well, speaking of, I don't of- care for vitamin water of any kind. So yeah. that's fair. I somebody. What's the meme that says that uh, sparkling water tastes like? TV static or, or somebody shouting of the name of the fruit from the other room. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Well, let me open my pretty accurate passion fruit LaCroix. Oh, lovely. Get it. And then since you've gone sober, there's been like white claws taken over the everywhere. I yes. know. I like never really got a chance. LaCroix. I've never had one either. Claws, no laws. No laws with claws. <laughs> no laws. The police were like, that's not. <laughs> that's not a thing. You're in trouble. Um, okay, so tell us how you, what's your relationship to the show? How did you get into the show? I don't think I watched it when it aired. I don't think yeah. I watched it live. I feel like I we had it like on DVD or something. And I can't, I don't know how it was first introduced to me, but man, I like fell in love with it. My mom yeah. and I watched it. Uh, and I know we're not. Getting into spoilers, so I'm going to try to talk about it safely. <laughs> I love Tim Riggins. Uh, I played fullback. He plays fullback. Yes. Uh, I didn't wake up with, like, empty beer bottles everywhere, though, in high school. And, uh, <laughs> no gutters for you. And Tyra but, just you know, <laughs> on the couch with you. <laughs> high school football for a lot of guys can be just, like, some guys never move on past that stage. You know, it's just, like, you know, to them it is, like, their peak, and they identify with that, and then... The after part is like talking about high school football. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, the show glorifies that a lot. And so, of course, it like spoke to me. And in some ways, of course, it's it's a drama. So a little things are exaggerated here and there. Um, but, yeah, I think I immediately just was drawn to uh, Tim Riggins for sure. Because, I mean, that to me, fullback is like a special position in a lot of ways. And then Coach Taylor... 
I love his uh, angry smile. Probably just like, <laughs> oh, I, love I, like that. I don't know. You can just like, you feel like he's mad, but he's smiling. It's a scary mm-hmm. thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. And then, um, yeah, so DVDs, awesome. family. Love the My mom's DVDs. obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where those are. <laughs> Monica watched it with her parents for the first time, yes, too. Yes, and we did have the oh, DVDs, yeah? too. Nice. Yeah. My mom also, was in love with Tim Riggins. Oh. Like, yeah, I was going to say, you, you say you like Tim Riggins. You're sitting here with, with two ladies, so mm-hmm. we are also Tim Riggins. <laughs> because, because we are ladies, we love Tim Riggins. <laughs> well, and I felt like he had this like moment where Hollywood was like, we're going to try to make him a star right now with like uh, John Carter yep. and Battleship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, man, because I really like Taylor Kish. Mm-hmm. A- and then uh, they just were crap movies. And I think yeah. uh, Berg actually directed Battleship, I think. Oh, really? I think there was some kind of deal there where if he directed that, he'd get to do a movie he wanted to make. And his was about like a bunch of soldiers stuck on a mountain. And it had Taylor Kish in it as well. Mm-hmm. But then Kish kind of went more indie, with, like True Detective mm-hmm. and some other show. Waco. I'm glad oh, that yeah. Waco is kind of what made him big. Yeah. Or kind of yeah, big again. Because I, I do remember that too. It was like Battleship, John Carter, and then that movie with Blake Lively. I think those all came out at the same time. And it was like, Taylor Kitsch is going to explode. And then a lot of them tanked, which was which is mm-hmm. a bummer. Because obviously he's so talented. Yeah. We love him. Was he your awesome. favorite to interact on the set with? Or who were your kind of favorite people on the show? Uh, you know, I didn't get like a whole lot of uh, interaction with the leads, uh, but I did talk to um, Kyle Chandler, who plays Coach Taylor, and he was just super, you know, super down to earth, very genuine. He bring he brought his, like, whole family down to Austin when he does the shooting. Aww. And, you know, he just wanted to get to know the extras, and I don't know, have y'all ever uh, done extra work for any shows or... Monica has. Yeah. yeah. So with Minka Kelly. <laughs> yeah, actually. So we, we said, really? we told this story, I think in the pilot or I don't remember which episode, but, um, y'all, I'm going to get my bread. I'll be right back. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so there was a, a film shot on our high school campus. Um, there was a guy that I don't even know where he went to school or how he piloted this movie, but it had Masioka in it from heroes, Jason Doring from Veronica Mars and Minka Kelly. And, so it was one of those things we like our school didn't tell us until after the fact we like all rolled up and there were like film crews on our it was so (laughs) weird it's like we don't like live in LA or anything like it was weird and so um but then I think they sent out a big email and they're like if you want to be an extra and it was funny because basically they would let anyone be an extra but I like emailed and I was like I'm like a part of the theater program (laughs) like I have acting experience if that helps yeah here's my resume And so I was like, I think I was in a couple scenes. Um, they shot on on site on campus and they shot um, at like a really famous pancake house in Fort Worth called Old South. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, and I'll share this more when we get all the way to that episode. That's the very last episode. But I was at the Cotton Bowl when something happens with the show. Oh, I oh really? Know that. Yeah, I won't give any spoilers, but I do remember... Uh, Kyle Chandler was there the day that I was um, in the stands and he he was just like really goofy and would like get on the speaker and like kind of talk to everybody and just seemed like a like a great guy. Yeah, very personable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I was going to say, and I don't know if you had that this exact experience, but um, 
being an extra, at least for this show, because there was such a large amount of people that, you know, kept on coming back, the same group, felt like you were livestock. They're like, all right, everyone, everyone get over <laughs> here. All right, all right, shut up. Everyone shut up. Everyone be quiet. The actors are acting. And uh, I was just like, man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> felt like the tree. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, you have to sit there for like hours and like do nothing <laughs> or like just pretend to eat or talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that's funny because I I've never been an extra and also I've never produced obviously anything on this level but in my own work I am that cattle herder and it's funny that you say you feel like livestock because that's exactly what I worry the people in my work feel like because I'm so bad with names and so like <laughs> when I've directed stuff I've just told people like I'm sorry I'm not gonna remember your names Sorry, but I'll be like directing that. I'm like you with the hands. Can you put your? We're gonna I use your, your hands. hands. Bring your hand over here. You know, I'm like, oh, go For get continuity. that plate. Blonde, blonde, blonde girl. Uh, can you come bring that plate over? Here? You know, I'm like, You're oh, like my oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. I never took it personally. I just, I think it was just like a known necessity. Like we're not, you know, the show's not about these people. You hardly notice these people. In fact, when. Yeah, they shoot it and then it aired. I was like, "Where? I, I know I'm in this scene. Yeah. Where am I?" And then nothing. The scene cuts. I was like, "That's it's it." Totally cut uh, I, was like, I was there. Right. I just have. I've gotten emails from people afterwards. I I try to. T- I always tell them up front. I'm like, you know, you might not make it into the final piece. It has nothing to do with your interview or like what you did. It just, you know, there's a million things that go into it. But still, every single time they'll email me and they're like, "Hey, did I not make it into the final piece? I was there all day." And I'm like. I, I don't feel know like what to I tell told you. you that that might happen. <laughs> right. So. Oh. I mean, it's fun to be around all that. I mean, I, I mean, I was there to learn. That's what, you know, really was what drew me. And yes. then I got paid. And I was a little weirded out. Um, Monica, you, you did theater, so you're more familiar with acting. And I never did theater. Um, but to me, I always thought what's going to make the final cut is like more realistic reactions, a little more mild and then we had some of these extras that were just like circus show. And I was like, what are you doing? That's not that's not how a person reacts. And then these guys made the cut. And I'm like, of course. Like, you know, because you don't really, no one's mm-hmm. focusing on that. Like they're like jumping around and banging the locker and right. throwing a helmet. And I'm like, that's just the background. Of course that made the cut. And I'm over Although here like, I will say one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> is extras who are like trying to act their hearts out. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say, uh, I think it's actually, it probably worked to your advantage not to have acting experience because, well, first of all, I mean, theater acting is so much more <laughs> huge than film acting. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, so different. Right. And like, you, yeah, you have to cheat out and you have to, you know, you have people have to see your facial expressions from the back. Like, it's just so different. But I did feel, you know, like you want to be like, oh, I'm an, I'm acting in this scene. And you're like, no, you just need to be a person because you're just supposed to be a person in the background. So it, it almost kind of helps to almost yeah. not have acting experience. Gilmore Girls is one of those extra. shows yeah. that yeah. I feel like often has really noticeable extras, especially like when they're always in the diner. If you look at the background <laughs> tables, the people are like, yeah. <laughs> For our <laughs> listeners, I was gesturing wildly. <laughs> and had big bug eyes. No blinking. Zero blink. Yes. No blinking. <laughs> well, shall we get into it? Yeah. Let's do it. So this episode premiered October 24th, 2006, and we actually have a long synopsis this time. So everyone buckle in, <laughs> buckle up, buckle, settle in and buckle up. There we go. Coach Taylor deals with outside influences on who to start 
as quarterback with the biggest game of the year coming up against their rivals who have taken it upon themselves to raise the bar by trashing the Panthers locker room. His wife has... His wife has no picnic either, <laughs> as she has given two days to plan a team tradition barbecue, and the visiting list keeps getting bigger. What is this like? Was this um, written by like Emily Dr. Post? Seuss? Yeah, really. Jason has moved to a rehab unit, still not accepting his situation as his replacement. As his replacement, and Matt deals with competition when a new quarterback is brought in from Louisiana as a refugee from Hurricane. Wow, Katrina. that's a- <laughs> wow. Edit people <laughs> in the words of Laura like Gilmore. Yeah, that is uh, a mouthful. Pretty comprehensive. But this is a really good episode. A lot of stuff happens. I really liked it. I mean, it almost felt a teeny bit... I don't know, whenever, sometimes whenever there's not a game in the episode, I feel like it's a filler. But this, I feel like, was the first episode Mm -hmm. that we really got deeper into a lot of the characters and sort of what makes them tick. Especially Matt. Yeah, the relationships, the characters. Yes, we got a lot of Matt. I just kept writing Matt. Which I already do all day, every day. Anyways. Yeah. Matt, 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 Matt. Exactly. Matt, 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 Matt. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode to kind of develop Matt, and I felt like that was the whole point of the interaction with I his love dad. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I wrote, like, it's it's the first. It just was so triggering as we are in quarantine. Oh. <laughs> we Zoom every damn day. And I was like, ah, they're Zooming. I hate this. This is supposed to be happy Seriously. times. <laughs> so last time we were talking about how Ray Tatum, it's kind of racist that they, or it's not kind of, it's very racist that they only re- uh, refer to him as voodoo or that Katrina kid. And so I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I thought Smash um, gave us another name that we could call him. Hey, doo-doo. <laughs> When I pulled that clip, I played it like, uh, I, I guess I'm five years old. I literally played it like 10 times. The way he says it, hey, doo-doo. It's so funny. Hey, doo-doo. <laughs> so we'll be calling him doo-doo for now. Yes, we will. Yes. Much more respectful. And what? I mean, I'm not really familiar with the rap that they were playing, <laughs> but like, what was the significance of the song change? Like, right. oh, you oh. know. I don't know who who the artists were. I know. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, like rap and hip hop, a lot of it sounds the same to me. So it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is so much worse wow. or so much different. <laughs> Smash wow. is very attached to his his playlist, apparently. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was a good it was a good introduction of them kind of being foils of each other because so far Smash has been the one with the biggest ego. And mm-hmm. then Voodoo comes in and you're like, oh no. Even there's even a bigger ego to be had. And honestly, classic doo-doo grabbing the ox cord when no one said that was okay. No. (laughs) I saw something online that somebody was posting. I think it was on AV Club or something. Somebody was posting about how it's racist the way that they like write doo-doo's character. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to do it the whole time. <laughs> so um, that's it for now. <laughs> and they were like, of course he's the enemy and the outlaw and the bad guy. And I was like, what the hell? Smash is also black and is not like that. Right. I don't feel like that holds yeah. water. I think they do a good job of making him very clearly an asshole. <laughs> yes. Just and like anything, Yeah, I would say if anything, the racial issue would be just they seem like really trivialized characters, the two yeah. of them. Uh, you know, you get you get. Tim Riggins, who's, who's struggling with this, like, internal battle about seeing Jason Street and the guilt of that and, you know, all the other characters. And then Smash versus Voodoo is ego versus ego. Mm-hmm. It's just 
Yeah. And they haven't really dug into Smash yet. So right now he's still a pretty surface level character. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. The Battle of the Egos. Yeah. Smash and doo-doo. It's the Battle of the <laughs> Bastards before that happens. <laughs> Great episode of TV. Uh, so should we kick off our segments? Let's do it. All right. So we have something for Texas things now. Texas is a place I didn't love to be. Yay. What do you have love for it. Texas things, oh. Carly? Um, I don't have a ton this time for Texas stuff. Um, I, most of my note-taking revolved around Tammy time. But Same. A lot of <laughs> got, Tammy. Lots of lots of Tam Tam this episode. But I did just love that at their backyard party, she's literally just buying ribs and steak. <laughs> That's it. Yes. And so you just need you just need meat and and beer at a Texas barbecue. Who's cooking? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who is cooking all the ribs? Well, she, yeah, she said she was like, I gotta go smoke more meat. I was like, are do they are they using a smoker right now? It's pretty you know, has like one bag of you know, juice and what was the other thing? Oh, cr- caramel apples. Oh, yeah. I wrote perfect, yes. unhelpful oh, dad. Right. He's like, I got cranberry juice and, and caramel apples. She's like, great. And honey. forgot the ice. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Classic dad move. Classic. But yeah, I love that they're just serving steak and ribs. And this maybe not, maybe isn't a Texas thing. Although, actually, I think it is. I was like, this just reminds me of my childhood, but it's probably specific to texas just the whole like julie's role in that party was like very reminiscent of my childhood like anytime we were having people over you know like i'm the one at the store with my mom and every everything out of her mouth is like honey can you get this honey can you grab this honey get my wallet go to the store honey did you get the ice you know it's like all honeys but like angry yes <laughs> and like you gotta go host but also you know have fun but don't have too much fun and make sure yeah. everyone's happy yeah yeah, seriously. They're both burying their feelings the whole time under under the bed for a little bit. Or not the bed, excuse me, the table. <laughs> right. <laughs> under, under the, the bed. bed. Uh, <laughs> it's in the you know, director's cut. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We he knows the insider cut. He's he's thinking of that one, so just it's okay. <laughs> I just had a couple things for Texas things. It opens with that beauty shop with the all the oh, big yes. hair. I also wrote that down. Oh, I wrote it in the wrong section, but um there's just like a cow on TV. The mayor's just standing there like, this is the cow, Sadie. She goes, this is my prize heifer. <laughs> yes. That was my other one. I was like, what the hell? And I'm assuming the result of that cow is for slaughter, right? I mean, it's just like, it's a livestock, or not livestock. Yeah, I mean, it's a award-winning cow. Right, it's a bitter end so, for heifer. Maybe that's where the steak and ribs are coming from. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> meet your meat. That's Ron meet Swanson. <laughs> In Parks and Rec is what Monica just referenced. But yes. when he's introducing the pig and he's like, this pig's name is Tom. And they're all laughing. I realize that it is hilarious that the pig's name is Tom. <laughs> oh, is it purred happily? It's Ron and the pig oh, is named like Tom. And Tom is obviously also a human being. And so they're like, well, oh, that's right. We are going to roast and eat this pig. So good. <laughs> Uh, what else did you have? Man. That was it for Texas things. Yeah. It wasn't like crazy Texasy this this go around. No. Just a lot of Tammy. Mm, yeah. Okay. I have a note for our fashion report if we want to move straight into that. Okay. Ready? Ready. Fashion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. 
I actually, it's funny when we did that last episode, I aligned it when editing, but it mm-hmm. aligned actually too perfectly. And then you could just hear like two voices like, like it sounded demonic. So I had to like, That's satanic. yeah, I had to like manually stagger it a tiny bit. I'm just picturing <laughs> so our creepy. zoom, like going dark for a second. And we're like, fashion, and then it goes back to normal. Fashion. Um, okay. Smash is wearing his like, bright colorful polos again what is his deal he looks like an eight-year-old at church like i said last time exactly he looks like he worked at best buy like i said last time (laughs) (laughs) he keeps wearing these like super bright colorful you know like little kids when they get when they go to church or Uh like dinner with their parents it's just like random brightly colored polo that is what they have Uh smash in in every episode he wears it to the party (laughs) He does. He's kind of like an exclamation point as a character. That's true. It reflects (laughs) his presence. Surprised that he would go with the collared shirt, TBH. Was it a pop collar? He didn't pop it, but I know he does do that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's collared greens. (laughs) Ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Collar. Oh my gosh. I forgot that song. Wow. That just took me back. Never forget that song because, and I will probably bleep this out when I'm editing, it was MySpace song, and I was really obsessed with them in middle school. <laughs> That's perfect. It just made me think of middle school dances when we're like, we're pretending to pop the collar and we're like singing that oh, yeah. stupid song and we think we're the coolest. We weren't. Spoiler alert. Middle school dances <laughs> we were, not. were good with the train. Yes. Oh, that was yeah. like the only part I really danced. And then the rest is just. <laughs> right. It's just like oh, swaying yeah. and like kind of bouncing a little bit. Monica and I were, were really great dancers in middle school. We used to oh, do really? the we were. fishing reel and yeah. I would be the fish. And <laughs> better than uh, better than Julie. Oh, oh we will get there. We, we will get there. There's some moves. Um, I did I did note that I forgot about grinding just in general. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> God, what a horrible face. Those oh, were innocent oh. times. Does he have two ladies? Is are, is that like a grind sandwich that's going on with them? Or was it just Smash one girl? Smash and the girl. I thought there was a girl behind him, maybe. I couldn't tell. A grind sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> I just made that up. That's not a thing. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Smash is always the meat in these scenarios, right? Yes. Yes, true. True, true. <laughs> but speaking of Julie fashion, those outfits are horrendous. The dance, the dance outfits. The dance what recital the outfits. fuck was that? Honestly, I, my expectation, not expectations, but my just like early 2000s fashion was an atomic bomb on the world, I believe. True. And, but, and but I that, think that it was horrendous. What was like orange skirts and like pinstripe tights? Tights something. and like tutus and like wife beaters. It was yeah, just... I have a lot to say about Julie's dance recital. Yeah, we we'll, get <laughs> we'll get there. Just wanted to throw that in for the fashion. Yes, their outfits were horrible, and they should all be punished. I liked Matt Saracen's all-white shirt for most of the movie, <laughs> or the episode. You know, it just says nothing. Right. Well, it's funny. We've talked about that before, because we thought it was weird, too, but I, we think it's his uniform from the Alamo Freeze, and that he's always just wear, still wearing it at night. Ah, the hat was nice. Oh, the hat Speaking is nice. Fashion. We love yeah. the, little, the little Alamo Freeze hat. I wrote that it always looks like he's in a cult. (laughs) (laughs) He's like in long linens (laughs) preaching the gospel. I'm just like, 
It was supposed to be the next day, and I was like, did he change? Because he just always... Every senior's in that white shirt. You know what? He likes to be immaculate. He's a good little boy. Yeah. Sure. He's a simple man. (laughs) I do think we... Well, and we will in this episode, but we do need to give a little love to Matt Saracen. I, I I have heard from one of my friends who is Team Saracen that... Riggins is getting a little too much love from us. Oh, well, should I <laughs> declare now I am Team Saracen? Are you really? Yeah. As Were a, you someone, in high school? Uh, yeah. I obviously think Tim is so attractive, but Matt's my man. That's who I want to date. <laughs> yeah. Tim's easy. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> That's true. I Matt mean, it's like onion. You know, he has layers. So. <laughs> That's like a parfait. <laughs> He keeps trying to change it to like cake or parfait. He's like, no, onion. No, it's an onion. <laughs> it's my swamp. Layers. I almost watched that the other day. Actually, oh, it's it's so good. Ironically, it's on replay. I watch Shrek. Shrek is on my top five favorite movies, like up there with Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> it's it's the first I think animated movie to win Best Picture. Oddly enough. So, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. What? Fact check it, but I'm pretty picture. sure. Yeah. Did it win best? You'd think like Shrek, which like doesn't have original music or anything. You'd think like it would be a Pixar movie, but no, it's Shrek. This is the first. Ah, I knew picture. that they won a bunch of awwards for an animated movie, but oh, because it's DreamWorks, right? It's not Pixar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the for whatever I'm constantly rejuvenating my running playlist, but right now it's the entire Shrek soundtrack, which I was jamming to this morning, and have had "Living La Vida Loca" stuck in my head all day. It's so good. It's a classic. They're like, hey, now, you're an all-star. Yep. game on. Oh, I made a whole dance up to that. Made up a whole dance to that. Why do I keep getting words back? Like, Well, Monica, because you're stupid. I don't know how to talk. Okay. <laughs> Guys, Monica's very smart. She got way better grades than me in high school. Oh, stop. <laughs> Another fashion note was I I love Tammy's wife beater at the grocery store. And then oh I, my God. I meant to draw, like... Tammy's wife beater with like eyes that are big, but then they just look like boobs. And then it was kind of like, well, that works too. Well, I wrote down that exact same scene and that I thought that her boobs looked great. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah. No comment on that. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. We we often have to comment on Tammy. Tammy's breasts mm-hmm. are, uh, we're big fans. Oh, is that, is that a new part portion of the... <laughs> the podcast right. Tammy's tits. So there's t- there's Tammy so time this, and then there's Tammy's tits. Tammy's boobs. Uh. <laughs> Tammy time and we'll just have to see how they're doing each week. It's a section within a section. Um, uh. No, she did look great. I also speaking of tank tops, Lila with another killer little yep in her, her little PJs. She looked so cute. Mm-hmm. And Tammy's orange halter at the barbecue also great. Everybody right. looking pretty good this time, although except for except for Matt's except strange for, white outfit. Get off the D, Julie. All right, <laughs> That's true. Should we close this report out? Yep. Fashion. Just gonna let y'all do that. <laughs> we will not force you to participate in that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, should we go just roll right into Tammy time? We should. Um, going back to the ribs. Buy all the ribs. Buy, buy, buy all the barbecue sauce. Buy it all. Sweet, I love that. I loved the whole party scenario. First of all, so relatable. Classic yes. 
dad, just not even dad, just classic male. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but just no, like true, not true. understanding what would need to go into hosting like 50 plus people at your residence. 60 ish yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene too. It's perfect. Yeah, Tammy just overall was amazing. And I just love her reaction to everything. She She's just like, what? Okay, okay. But she's mad, but she is like still yeah. making it work. I mean, he is completely at fault. And any yelling that he is doing toward her, I'm like, stop. <laughs> yeah, Coach screws T up this really dropped the ball this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. I like her examination of his apology. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm sorry you were offended by me, or I don't know exactly what. Here, the I pulled it to you, Monica. I can was. play it. She's like, is that, she, that's not an apology. This is one of my, I love this line so much because I've definitely heard that, whether it's from my brothers or just someone I'm dating or whatever. They're like, I'm sorry that this has upset you. And I'm like, that is not, <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> sorry you can't control your emotions. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I'm sorry that you're mad at me. Mm. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm not sure that that, that counts as an apology. I'm sorry that you're mad at me. <laughs> I, that just doesn't count <laughs> it's so good and I just love that scene that it just shows I love that we, we talked a lot about how we think their relationship is portrayed so realistic really and so naturally and I love that we see the progression of their fight throughout the whole thing mm -hmm. like he doesn't just come and he's like I'm sorry babe and she's like it's okay like we see the like failed attempt at the apology where it's like nope you gotta go try mm -hmm. again I need more space <laughs> and that's so real also the classic yeah. like, well, I, I've just got so much going on at work. And she's like, yeah, we all have stressful jobs. <laughs> she's like, right. I work too, literally molding mm -hmm. kids just like he does. Yeah. And then and not just yelling at him. <laughs> part of that job being the coach's wife, which is hosting yeah. the party and just dealing with the stress. And then Julie's there, Meg. Yeah, Julie was <laughs> Julie was much more tolerable in this episode, though, I will say. She was. I noted that, you know, we talked about how Julie is, she shows up on those BuzzFeed articles of, like, your least favorite character of a show, and a lot of people don't like Julie, and she, I get it, she's very annoying, but I, I love her with Matt. She's I not annoying a lot of the times with Matt, and I love their relationship, so that makes it okay for me. Agreed. And I said this before, too, but I just, I enjoy her storylines. I feel like her character's really... Well written. Um, I agree. Even despite her <laughs> really annoying stutters. I didn't. She but, stutters. But, but um, I can't. I, I can't get the oh. ribs. She always <laughs> does that. I don't know. It drives me insane. But, but now I won't be able to unhear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty much what this podcast is all about: ruining the magic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Monica, can you play the clip of them under the table? That's like my favorite part of this episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I have labeled it Tammy under the table. <laughs> Tammy, you know what, honey? I'm doing it. All right. I threw the party for over 100 people in, in two days' time. I did it with no help. And I'm cleaning up after your football stars, who, by the way, happen to be pigs. I'm doing it, but I'm not going to pretend to like it. Not right now. Not down here. When I go back up there, I'll give you a big smile, all right? Just like I know you need. But down here, I am pissed. And I'm going to stay down here until I can get back up there and give you your smile. But down here, I am pissed. <laughs> and I'm going to stay down here until I can give you your big smile. I, lo I just love that 
mechanism of him like the wider shot when they're you can just see their butts like outside of the tablecloth like both <laughs> under yeah. they're down there for so long too. they're not hidden from anybody <laughs> right not at all yeah they're not back in their bedroom they're literally under a table and she's like just let me be mad down here and he, yes and then he's such an asshole he's like well when you're done down here it'd be great if you could help me host this party if i were her i would like slam his face into the carpet Seriously. Which was his opening line. So it was like, all of that fell on deaf ears. He's like, when you're done, help me host. Seriously. (laughs) I know. That almost felt like out of character, like not the best writing. I mean, I feel like he just shouldn't have said anything. He should have just like left mad, you know? Yeah. I could see him saying it as a joke, like in a... One man's opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was like showing that they're both like overwhelmed with hosting and it wasn't there. It's not part of... It's not part of what he's a coach for, mm. is this hosting and all the superfluous, crazy nonsense. And so he wants to escape just as badly as she does. So. Yeah, totally. Totally. Did we enjoy the another uh, almost shot-for-shot callback to Remember the Titans with the brick in the window? <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. We we talked a lot about Remember the Titans, obviously, already. And mm. yeah, that was like, okay. That, that's just that's exactly the same, same scene. <laughs> yeah, that's just exactly the same. Yeah. I like how rivalry, it's called rivalry in this episode, but it's like felonies. Yeah. And like criminal mischief and terroristic threats. And That's like, true. There's no like police in this. I don't know. No one reports this stuff. Like, we're, we're going to, we're just going to swallow it, swallow your pride. Seriously. Yeah. Pick up the glass. Yeah. That's like, so who's going to fix their window? Right. It's like hundreds of dollars worth of damage. It's all right. It's okay. It's rivalry week. It's just rivalry week, you know? It's just rivalry week. Pretty aggressive. Okay, so um, I was, I'll revisit this in the film corner, but I pulled the script for this episode. And let me get back up to the beginning. But speaking of how intense they are with this rivalry, the way that it describes the very opening scene when, th- when they're at the party, there's mm-hmm. like um, a, <laughs> there's like a dummy hanging from the ceiling that's like from the other team uh who, who's the other team again Arnett Mead. Arnett Mead and they're all like beating it like a pinata and it literally says oh, yeah. an effigy wearing a tiger head hangs from a noose in the center of the room currently wearing a black bra while kids throw stuff at it deface it etc <laughs> that's what the stage direction is currently wearing a black bra <laughs> I was like why so wow very aggressive very yeah. dehumanized. <laughs> I do remember yeah. the trashing the locker room stuff, though. I feel like that's pretty legit. Yeah. Well, I just think back to our rivalry was our country day was the other school. The Falcons. The Battle of the, what is it? Battle of Brian Irvin. And oh, Battle yeah, of yeah. the Boulevard was my college thing. So I got that mixed up. But we, they used to do these t-shirts and we were the Trojans. And so it'd be like a Trojan, like strangling a falcon to death. And we were like, ah, cute, put on a t-shirt. Like, so like barbaric. Yeah. The brick through the window, like that is, I would have elevated that to the authorities for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have called that in maybe. More ribs. Yeah. Just more ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, brick through the wall. Uh, we need more ribs. <laughs> more Jolly. ribs. <laughs> Jolly. I did say, I know we closed the fashion report, but I did like Coach Taylor's blue button down and his little shorts oh, and the barbecue. And then later when he's getting ready for the dance recital and he has the same shirt, but pants. Still looks great. 
He always looks great. You're like the those winos sitting there watching him under the table, talk about his jawline. And <laughs> oh yeah, I that was something that I did not notice I was like, the first time. About his jawline. Wait, I didn't that's... catch this. <laughs> yes, they're like two ladies. They're like the thirsty ladies at that are like hitting on Tim and the pilot. Oh, the same ones who say, "Have you ever blitzed an older woman?" <laughs> yes, yeah. sounds kind of sexual. A seventeen-year-old boy. Yes, again, call the police. Yeah, and then she says, "You can if you want." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, no, I actually can't. But she and another woman are, they're like wine drunk on the couch and they're like, Coach Taylor, he's so hot. Look at his jawline. That would probably be me. But if that's I was not at the that exact party. words, but and then I know. So. The cutaway is his khaki ass. And then they go back. <laughs> his khaki ass. His khaki. <laughs> if anybody can pull off khaki ass, Coach T. It's, it's Coach T. Uh, what else is Tammy? Oh, I also loved Tammy at the end at the, at the dance recital. Um, in his apology. Also, they like really get into it. Yeah, they're like no, making out. If that was my parents at my dance recital, <laughs> I would be pissed. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Right. This was what I was referring to a couple episodes ago when I was like, "Oh, there's a really cute Tammy and Eric scene coming up." Yeah, he's I like full it. hands on the wall. I was like, "Yeah, Eric. <laughs> it's like it's it's wow." Do we want to play that now, or do you want to play it later? Yeah, go for it. I was wrong. Alright, I was wrong. Well, of course you were wrong. I mean, you, you gave me no advance warning, you know, like you just assumed. No, not about that. Listen, I'm just, I'm just what I'm saying is I know how hard it is what you do. I know it's not easy talking to those kids. I know it's difficult. And I know my job has put you through a hell of a lot. I understand that. I just want to make sure you knew that I'm thankful for everything that you do, and I know you do a hell of a lot. Thank you. Friends? <laughs> Friends? Friends? <laughs> Friends? It's so cute. I love that line. Friends? Uh, <laughs> Friends? 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 Yes, they are adorable. Their chemistry is amazing. Is palpable. <laughs> Did you interact a lot with Nick with, um, or were you on set a lot with Connie Britton? Uh, I had that one. We had this like, I don't want to talk about the what happened, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was this scene. I never talked to her, but I was like right next to her, and I was like, hey, it's Connie right here. She's so. Cool. I bet yeah. she smells really so, good. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Just, yeah. You know, lavender. And- <laughs> Classic Connie Britton so, laughing. Could you pull this extra back? And they had this like leash, and <laughs> some of us were leashed. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, was, I would like, need to be leashed, especially if she was in that tank top. <laughs> well, you know, like some people, you if you actually see them in real life, you're like, ah, mm-hmm. for the letdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. She looks, you know, just like her herself and like the show and everything. You know, like mm-hmm. gorgeous. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love to that's hear, awesome. especially with like female actresses and stuff. I guess actresses whatever uh, women in film that I look up to when I hear that they're like that in real life I love that somebody described actually I think it was a guest on Gilmore Guys which apparently we're just going to reference that podcast in every episode um, <laughs> but she said that she ran into Julie Andrews one time like she was just in the Pixar building and she they like passed each other in the hall and she was like talk about women who are more even more glorious in person she said that Ugh. she literally literally like light beamed off of her and that she like glided down the hallway <laughs> i mean she's got to have the best aura Ugh. oh my god 
Carly, what is this from? Speaking of Tammy smelling good. You smell like Tide detergent. <laughs> <laughs> um, the office that is yep. the bachelor party of <laughs> Vans Refrigeration, Bob Vans. <laughs> good job. Um, should I do Musician's Corner? Or do we have more Tammy? That's all I have for Tammy. Okay. Okay, so for Musician's Corner, the age range of these songs were 2000 to 2007, so no oldies this time. And my favorite song was, it plays when uh, Doo <laughs> comes <laughs> to uh, practice and just shows Matt up completely. And I just loved, it fits really well because it's kind of a, badass kind of quiet song it's not like a hard hit it's not a ramp lamp lamp oh black buddy <laughs> it's kind of like this cool <laughs> kind of just badass song and mm-hmm. it's it it perfectly reflects you're like oh, i didn't want him to be this good mm-hmm. you know so here it is it's called new messiah by dead heart bloom Isn't that great? So that is on our playlist. I'm plugging it again. We have a TX Forever official playlist on Spotify. It's awesome. I listen to it uh, during work from home. Love it. Love work it. from home. So 2020 <sighs> of you. <laughs> it's getting old. My work from home is turning into sit and stare at the wall at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the only Texas X this um, episode was once again explosions in the sky i was like should i make this a segment within a segment explosions in the sky yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's all i got from musician's corner um Short i thought you were today. gonna feature the incredible bop that julie danced to at the end <laughs> it's like <laughs> it is straight from the early 2000s nothing better oh yeah at nothing the very better. end they're like ah <laughs> yeah they go <laughs> God, that dance was so unimpressive. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. uh, no, I, I, on the song, I just think that's like a perfectly worded song. And he's saying, I'm not a messiah. It's like just, I mean, I don't want to say on the nose because I think it's actually really nice. Mm. I mean, like, because Voodoo, here he is. He's non-responsive to the coach. It seems like, you know, he knows his role there and he's not really, he's kind of resistant of what he's supposed to be. He's not really mm-hmm. all on board, but he is like, self-promoting he's like really full of his own power mm-hmm. i guess and yeah. so he's supposed to be their new guide out of this mess which is losing jason street and he's like i'm not here for you i'm here for me yeah and so that's so true that's true that part that scene is just really captures that and but buddy garrity's over here just <laughs> got my voodoo or oh serious. i got it i got it <laughs> buddy go. is all about the doo-doo here we go <laughs> I love this boy. Got my voodoo work. I just love how like everyone is hating on voodoo right now, and Buddy's just like, ah, I love this boy. I know he's like going on the radio show. He's like, oh, we love doo doo. Oh my gosh. Did you interact with Buddy at all? 
No, uh, but, you know, at that point, the, the season now is in, they were doing different things with this character. I won't, I won't oh, know. yeah. But, um, and, and so he, he, I'll just say he changes, mm-hmm. as most characters do in TV. Um, <laughs> You're doing a great job, but <laughs> no spoiler His hair thing. was longer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, uh, he got but bangs. There was some point. But he got bangs. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Is I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. Um, no, it was funny. I didn't really interact with them. And then I went to, speaking of the Cotton Bowl, I went to the Cotton Bowl and I snuck in. I didn't have tickets. So we got like Ooh. right up on the, yeah, that's a little, well, you can do that. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm just <laughs> impressed. <laughs> it's totally legal. Oh, okay. And we, <laughs> super legal. And uh, we get like right up to the sideline. And I'm like, that looks like Buddy Garrity oh. from, uh, and it's Buddy Garrity walking on the sideline to like Mac Brown right oh there and like, or Pete from episode one. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and so, uh, I was just like, that's Buddy Garrity. And he's super tall. Like he looks like he's a short little like Danny DeVito or something. Yeah. But he's like six it's foot like three, guy. six foot two. There's an episode yeah. later on, oh, wow. uh, when, when Buddy is a little bit different than how he is now, where he's interacting with Tim. And I remember when I first watched it, I was like, whoa, he is an enormous man. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of unassuming because he's he's also just kind of jolly. You just yeah. think he's not really. But he was also at the uh, Cotton Bowl scene that I was or episode oh, was that he? I was at. And he was he was hilarious. And he kept in perfect fashion because we just we compare him to my dad sometimes. <laughs> uh, probably you can attest to that. Yeah, as a combat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just a big like, He's just like guy. a big jolly dude. But also like yeah. when he gets angry, it's really scary. <laughs> yes. He's like he, he'll put you in your place. But Buddy was just standing in front of the giant fan because he was so hot the whole time. <laughs> I could also perfect. see your dad doing that. I just have exactly. really vivid memories of Monica's dad. Like whenever he would get mad at us or whatever, being like, "Girls, <laughs> <laughs> girls, my," and are you my, <laughs> like Monica's in trouble? Yeah, Not right. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we would pretty much get in trouble together. It kind of yeah, it kind of worked together. We were basically siblings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fine. Um, I do remember really vividly my like favorite memory of your dad was okay. I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember when there was. Uh, it was like a prank or a virus or whatever on computers where you'd click a link and then like something scary would pop up. Oh, yeah. Exorcist Girl. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we were probably oh like sixth grade or something, young enough for that to be super scary. And it happened to us. And I think it was the Exorcist Girl that just popped up and was screaming her head off. Monica and I screamed and we like ran all the way out of the game room and we were, we're like crying. Yeah, we were like extremely disturbed. <laughs> And, and Sam had to go in there and like, he was like, I'll go turn off the screaming girl or whatever. Yeah, he had to go turn it off. We're like, can you turn it off? He went in there he's like, what is this? He's like, why are y'all screaming? Was he scared too? He's like, help me. Probably. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'll handle it. And then he's like, I, I remember I used to, I like, I loved Blockbuster and I miss it, but I also right. don't miss the days where I would go and I would see a scary DVD cover and then it would yeah. haunt me for days. I always got a, yeah. like, a little, like, that feeling in your stomach of, like, being a little scared when I walk into a blockbuster. <laughs> I liked when you rent, like, a red a red case movie, and I already have anxiety just walking right out. I'm like, only only have a day with this. Oh, okay, yeah. We've got to watch it right when we get home and bring it right, right back or we get a late fee. It was intense. Yeah. <laughs> and rewind. High stakes at blockbuster. Y'all, fun fact, you know where the last blockbuster is? Is in Bend, Oregon. I know. I just My was... best friend Jenny was literally just there. No way. I she think went you can, to the like, spend the night in it. Oh, you can, and like, do they a lock-in. Like, merchandise and stuff, right? Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, she got like National a t-shirt or whatever. Man. Carly, would you like to um, review let's, the tape? Let's roll the tape. Um, so in our little review the tape section this week, a couple of fun little tidbits. Um, first of all, I realized that AV Club does a review of every episode, um, like really in depth. They were the one that they were the ones who were saying that like the writing of of Doodoo was really racist. But I I I felt like his characters at least developed enough, and there are enough other characters of color for it to not. Right. Like it's really only the way they refer out. to him. Yeah, but I agree. Everything was else. that criticism about episode four or previous? It was this particular episode, but I think they were just referencing mm. his, his character in general. But I don't know who writes mm. that stuff. It's it's like crowdsourced or something. Um, so these people are crazy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but this script was written by Carrie Aaron. Um and she's pretty cool. She actually wrote and produced a bunch of Morning Show, which I haven't watched yet. Oh, and so Parenthood, okay. which is Peter Burke. Oh, wow. I haven't seen <gasps> quality. The movie? The TV show. I actually watched the uh, movie recently, and it's it's great. But the TV show is, there's so much Friday Night Lights crossover. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Oh, okay. Lots of the same, same, same peeps and same writers yeah. and, and producers. It's got a very, really similar. Directors, yeah vibe where like every episode makes you cry <laughs> yeah <laughs> same uh shot the same way like the shaky cam no and the, it's not in, as yeah. shaky but it definitely is kind of that documentary but it is very improv so like if you read these scripts which i pulled the script for this episode we'll post a couple pictures of it on the instagram so you guys can see um but yeah they they peter berg definitely allowed a lot of improvisation um which nick i'm sure you're familiar with but in parenthood they like one of the criticisms of parenthood is that they went a little overboard with it to where like there's it's it's about a big family so there's lots of fighting and stuff and um someone said it wasn't somebody it was kevin t porter on gilmore guys <laughs> another reference. sorry um but he was saying like if you track one of like one person's lines if you just like kind of tune out the other because they talk over each other a lot if you actually just like listen to one person and track their sentence through to the end sometimes it doesn't really make sense um oh interesting. yeah that they just kind of like but why would you do that i that's what i love about it i love that it's like they're all talking over each because that's how people fight it's not like i say something then you say something i agree but i do get that it gets a lot sometimes you know yeah they definitely like it's a lot of screaming sometimes like growing up in a very vocal family which nick i don't know if your family was like that too it's definitely my mom's side of the family Yeah, it's just shouting. Yeah. There's no, there's no. If you're soft spoken, you're not hurt. So. No, right. and if you're like, especially <laughs> that's my family yeah. too. Um, so sometimes when I watch Parenthood, I'm like, oh, it's just too much. <laughs> but it is a really, really great show. Um, this was filmed in August of 2006. Um, so we're almost right on the nose here. It is September 2nd as of today. Oh. Um, it was also directed by Allison. Liddy, although I saw her listed as Allison Liddy Brown in some places. So, Allison, if you're listening, sorry, I don't know what you go by. <laughs> right. Um, but she definitely uh, directs a number of episodes in this season. Um, the other little note I had is just a fun little continuity error, which I love to spot. Um, it's one way to enjoy television, and it's, you know, to track continuity. To criticize <laughs> yes. it. 
to criticize things yeah, we could not create ourselves. And this is a, <laughs> fake. This, a is fake. Hu- this is a huge flaw, you guys. It like disrupts the whole narrative of the episode. But at <gasps> the end of this episode, in the closing montage, there's a shot where Jason Street's hand is under the blanket, and they cut to wide, and his hand is outside of the blanket. How dare they? Honestly, they should have just pulled the show after that. I think that was intentional. I think the, <laughs> I don't know how they came back. The it. anger that was yeah. brought in him is showing like some spiritual powers in the hand. So to, that was definitely intentional. He's reacting in, in, in sorcery to his anger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I wrote down is just that the AV Club also rated this episode an A minus, and they're pretty strict on their oh. ratings. And I also thought this I was a I did really like this episode. episode yeah. Yeah. Probably because there's no football game. Yeah. Challenges it to do something different. Totally. And I think this episode is a really good example of the article that we posted on our Instagram a while ago, but we can share it again. Um, It was a really great piece. I think it was by The Atlantic. And Mm -hmm. it's about Friday Night Lights and how they kind of set a precedent for democratizing television where every character's story matters. And I think I thought this episode was a great example of how it's really about a number of them like you really dig into matt you dig into tammy and eric you dig into um jason um so i thought this was a good example of them doing a really good job of digging into more than one character at the same time and nobody's story really like trumps the other they were all pretty yeah. um neck and neck with each other in terms of screen time yeah i mean when i was labeling the clips i was doing it was like matt and julie eric and mm-hmm. taylor i mean eric and tammy Tim and Lila. Like, it's very relational, which is probably why it's so good. Really. Um, That is all of my Review the Tape for this week. Love it. And did you notice any uh, improvs on the lines? Did you, were you looking at the script in comparison to the episode? Anything? Yes. That popped out? Um, I didn't pick out anything specific. It's mostly just like mumblings that they switch up. I mean, I didn't find any Mm -hmm. changes that were. meaty um where they like changed (laughs) yeah that was like ribs (laughs) or steaky um but they definitely improvise a lot um and we can post the link to the script to the page that has we we have access to all the season one scripts for whatever reason but it is kind of fun to watch and play along to be honest i tried to go along with the script in real time but it was like a lot (laughs) so i I gave up after a couple scenes especially with the Way it's filmed. Yeah. Especially when you're taking extensive notes. Yes. Yeah. I was surprised by how almost mechanical it felt like a well-oiled machine. When I, I mean, just to, I got to give my yeah. input, you know, while I'm here. Please. Uh, I kind of like imagined that, you know, you know, a lot of times you imagine like the director sitting in his chair and you got like a million takes. Like I think Stanley Kubrick in The Shining, his whole goal was to just wear out his actors. And that was like what he thought, you know, got the best and instead, what we got was like just one take, two take, and then that next, you know, move, move, move. I guess, you know, you got so many people you're paying for that's kind of necessary, but it's not like it never felt like it stole from the performance either. And I guess maybe because these guys, when I was there, had been the characters for like four years. Right. And I think that's a good point. And we've talked about that a little bit about the show in general, just in the ways that Peter Berg and his style differs from some of the like traditional um, film techniques. It's funny that you mentioned The Shining. I like just did a post on my Instagram the other day um, about some of the 
Well, it was photos from the background of The Shining filming, but I was like digging into it that day. And I was reading about that, actually, how he was like really just wore all the actors down to a nub, which was super intentional. But I love that about Peter Berg. It's just another way that he's really fluid and focuses on the storytelling and a lot less about um, the way that everything looks. And it's not that he doesn't care what things look like. He just knew that if you focus on the story that that would bring out the rest of the like authenticness of each scene and what things looked and felt like um and just relying on the actors and the storytelling and the writing to bring out the rest of the vivid picture um so i i also love that yeah i think his film style does such a good way of contextualizing every scene like as soon as you move to a new scene you know exactly where you are because it's like tangible Mm -hmm. it's like they show kind of these things that you think aren't really important, but then you're like, oh yeah, I know that football player that is like <laughs> spilling beer on the carpet at the barbecue, yeah. you know, just like stuff. And, and you see the drunk moms like talking about coach Taylor. <laughs> like you just see these little moments that like put you in that setting. So like viscerally. And that's, I think that's why it works. So well, and well. also they used like the same extras for so long. Nick, do you know more about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, so if you're watching the show, uh, especially the season that I was in, I'll be watching, I'm like, there's some parts where you're like, if you're paying attention to the extras, and nobody really does, so it works, but uh, when you're paying attention to the extras, like, why on earth would that extra be there? In fact, I was on another team for one, the first episode of season four, and then the rest of the show, I was on the main, you know, the main team. Um and then what they had that was really cool is they had one character that they gave lines and the story behind that guy was he had been an extra for all four wow. years. And so kind of as, as a reward, I guess they were like, Oh, you're going to be, you're going to be a character in the show this season. He so got a sack. That was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Everyone was trying to fight for that. And I, I thought I was going to get one at one point and like, Nick, uh, come here, come in the huddle. And like, for like a moment, he's like, we're going to have him. No, 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 we're not going to do that. And I was like, just like. Your dream uh, just like quietly uh, got crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? You, you stand in the back of the huddle. I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Did you guys have to do full? Did you like fully suit up and pads and gear and everything? Yeah, that's the crazy part about. Uh, it was kind of like tryouts. So we went to um, like, the, you know, the casting was in the morning and you go to a football field and we put on shoulder pads, the pants, and everything, which was like, you know, I was like three years right. out of high school, so I was getting a little my nostalgic and, you know, evil. <laughs> uh, and so I put on that, <laughs> and I put on the helmet, and they, they had us do like jumping jacks and stretches while casting directors are walking around looking at you. And I was just like, All right, I'm just going to pretend like this is practice because that's the only way this is going to look real. And then they get the follow up call. And, um, what was the question? <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm just so curious to uh, hear about the whole process. Oh, well. I know that's so cool. Yeah, we had, so like, you know, we eventually, uh, you, even you get a designated number. And oh, I'm not cool. sure if that was something they did in every season. You know, I was 98. And so like every time I would show up, they're like, all right, 98, that's your uniform and it fit me. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I mean, like you really, but the funny thing is when we do the football games, None of us are on the field. They have these, like, arena league players go out there, and they're really good football players, at least, um, you know, the best football players mm-hmm. I've seen, for say, because I didn't play college football or anything like that. And uh, so when I was rewatching, um, you know, I rewatched season or episode one, 
there's this pass by street and it cuts to his face and it's like this old guy. I'm like, <laughs> didn't even quick catch cut. That. If you pay to, so if you're watching the games and you look for the faces, you might be able to see, not to tear it apart, but you'll see a different people. No, that's, we definitely <laughs> no, that's fun. have been tearing it apart. Don't worry. That's super cool. I love yeah, that they yeah. like gave you a number that you get to keep. That's cool. Oh, you know, one of the worst things was, uh, you know, the story. So, you know, uh, we had a rain day. And, you know, they were trying to work with the rain and uh, we won this game uh, and try to stay, stay spoil free. <laughs> we won the game and uh, I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, if, if we won a game and I was really excited, I'd, I'd slide on my stomach in the mud. And so like I run out and I slide on my stomach in the mud and uh, the director really liked it. It wasn't uh, Peter Burke that day. I can't remember who it was. And he goes, but you're all muddy. So, so for continuity, you need to go in the locker room. And they oh. had the whole team slide in the mud. And I was like, I get a writing credit for oh, it. No. <laughs> was that during the Mud Bowl no. game? I don't think that's a spoiler. There's just a muddy game coming up. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, cool. yeah. That's what I thought. And that yeah. whole thing that ended up in the episode was my idea. Like, nobody was instructed to do that. That's so then, cool, though. That is awesome. Yeah, it was cool, but I wasn't in it. Uh, so. I know. No, that's a bummer, but it's cool I, to like... That you can tell people like that was you your idea. You know what we're gonna do yeah, for you, true. Nick? We're gonna send you in the mail a green screen, and we're gonna have you slide in the mud, and then I will superimpose yep. it into the show, and we'll post it. Thank you. That's all I've been waiting for. This. <laughs> it's your moment to shine, y'all. I am yeah. not gonna do that, so don't get your hopes up. Um, I also think it's cool that you kind of had to like try out, but it was also like an athletic component, so you also yeah. had to like. Well, and, you know, and that was kind of like the weird, going back to the livestock thing is you really just kind of, there was no directing extras. I mean, you tell them, you know, don't talk and everything. And so you kind of, everyone's in their own head. And some of these people were like really weird people. <laughs> like I actually got in a physical fight with one really? of them because he was just like a real cocky guy. And there was some that would like walk in front of the directors and just start doing push-ups to like impress them. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, that's what? like straight out yeah, of the- well, out of the TV show, but in Always Sunny, yeah, it was absurd. In, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They there's an episode where D is an extra in um, a um, oh my god, what's the Sixth Sense guy? Oh, oh, uh, the kid Bruce Willis. No, I mean the director Who's with all the twins. Oh, oh, um, M. M. Night Shyamalan. I think M. Night Shyamalan lives in my apartment complex. <laughs> Who's that, Monica? Oh, she said that is um, Michael in the office talking to Jim. Um, yeah. But there's an episode where she's an extra, and she's just supposed to be like a dead zombie on the floor, face down. But she keeps like turning <laughs> over and moaning, and they're like, "No, you're supposed to be dead." And she's like, "Is it gonna come close to my face?" She'll like stand up and get in the camera. <laughs> I guess people actually do that. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It was driving me crazy, which is like, why would it drive me crazy? But. I was just like, what are you doing? There was this one guy that every single day we shot, he'd imitate Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. And I was like, is anyone really impressed with this? Like, And then he got a line. And I was like, what? Like, uh, what's, what's, wow. I guess he got so annoying. They're like, let's just give him maybe, a line. So maybe it does work. So, I know. Should wearing we sharpen down. up our Robert Downey Jr. impressions? So. Yeah, he also does blackface in that movie. Oh, so yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, a hot issue right now. Yeah. But I think they pulled it off in a weird way because they're making fun of it. I know. Oh. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, 
I had a discussion about this last night, like about, you know, when you watch The Office mm-hmm. or a show and there's things that you obviously cringe out more. And there are things that I, I do think are just not OK to really joke about. But at the same time, if you can make fun of the person for for thinking that's OK, then weirdly it's I it's, agree I it's feel like progressive. more yeah analyze it needs to be done I was also just talking about this because they pulled a few episodes of 30 Rock which first of all it's like my favorite mm. show of oh, all yeah, time I heard of that. and yeah. I feel personally attacked about this. but the ep- one of the episodes that they pulled first of all <laughs> has one of my favorite lines in all of TV Tracy Morgan just like storms into the screen and goes Liz Lemon you booger face I'ma kill you with a bazooka and then he chunks a hardbacked book at her but it hits Jenna Maroney and she just like gets clawed anyways in the episode Tracy and Jenna are fighting about who has a harder time black men or women and so they switch places Tracy dresses in drag and like a wig and everything for the day and then Jenna does blackface but the whole like point of it is that they're arguing, they're talking about like the difficulties that each marginalized marginalized group has in their everyday lives, Faces, and I feel yeah. like it was still at least like some level of commentary. So I, I felt like that it's was self aware, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. And Charles Chandler is like incredibly self aware. Oh, this is very tangential, I guess. That's okay because so. I actually have a clip of when it does cross <laughs> the line and is not okay. <laughs> Let's talk about this line. Hey, when you're done putting the newbie in that gay wet's hair, let me know. You are talking to a gay man, Herc. I don't mean gay isn't homosexual. I mean gay isn't retarded. Maybe I have a retarded son. Is he gay? I'm joking. Well, there can be a genetic component to homosexuality. Watch the Discovery Channel, Phil. Yikes. I know. I know. That part burned my skin yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that was really same. <laughs> Does he say can't be or can be? Genetical. He says there is a genetic component to sexuality. Yeah, okay. So Herc is canceled. <laughs> but we also are he says Herc. he refers to the wheelchair as gay. I was like, I don't think, you know, <laughs> it's just early yeah. 2000s. I know. I wrote that down too. I was like, whoa. That was very cringy. <laughs> yeah, when that part happened. To have the homosexual lines and retard in the same sentence was really going going hard. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, in that scenario, that is not okay. Yeah, and, and like, because he he has this kind of arc in this great scene, which should I play yeah, now? Sure. The kind of the pivotal scene, yeah. Although, do we want to do Monsplain and then we'll just go into the whole episode? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so I just have not a ton for Monsplain's football. <laughs> That's going to be so did that just like pierce you in the brain? Yeah, it did. I'm gonna have to like, go to the hospital. Ringing. There's a ringing. Yeah. There's like some blood. Yeah. <laughs> Out of her headphones. Well, I feel really silly um, explaining football when we actually have a football player in our midst, but he can he can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the only thing that really oh, is talked ahead. about is. You know, coach is being badgered if he's going to put in Matt or he's going to put in Doodoo. And so he goes, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of the quarterback position all the way. And we're going to do a hell lot of reverses. So if you don't know what a reverse is, it is. I don't. It's a relatively common trick play that involves abrupt changes in the lateral flow of a rushing play. So it's basically just a bunch of lateral passes, which are typically kind of 
side and backwards passes um, because you can only throw forward. You can lateral like I think is it lateral this like on the same plane or back is okay. I don't think it can go. Yeah, lateral would be pass backwards or you know sometimes right. just a quick. You can actually hand off too. I used to do that a lot in the NFL GameCube game. The lateral throws. Hell yeah, that's my yeah. move. <laughs> so if you got rid of the quarterback. I don't know, someone would just pick up the ball and they would just reverse and reverse and reverse and try to get farther yards. But that was literally uh, all I had. I am going to research some more high school recruiting. I forgot to do that, but I forgot to do my homework. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. Shall we, shall we break, break it down? Let's do it. Break it down. Okay, so should we, I think we should just start with the pretty raunchy high school party with the guy publicly barfing. Yes, I said we get our first Panther party besides, you know, the let's touch God moment, which was kind of more like a hang. Let's touch Come God. On, boys. So this was this was our first kind of rager. Tim wasn't there. Did we see Tim? Oh, no, wait. Yes, yeah, he, he was. was. Just kidding. Because he's staring at Lila. And yeah. that girl's like, I suspected she w- he was into me. Wait, Monica, <laughs> this is like, such okay. a deep line. What is this from? And Phoebe was there. Although, was Phoebe there? Yeah, I was like, how many Phoebes are, are friends? there? <laughs> no. Oh. It's from... The telethon episode of Parks and Rec. Oh, and she goes, was Phoebe there? Yes. yes. So she is talking about friends. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a trick question. Uh, that was too That's pretty deep. good. Um, no, I do love that. She pauses for like 10 minutes. And she she's there? like, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, and we finally meet Herc. What is that? Do, do, I want to yes. hear what you guys think oh, about Herc. a sweet soul that, you know, rough on the exterior. But, you know, he's. I think that's what yeah. the episode's about. Who's your daddy? Herc, you know, Herc is his daddy on wheels. That's true. That is true. He does uh, really come in with the truth, which we can get into that later. But I, I love Herc. I mean, he definitely does come on rough with the whole like yeah, gay retarded part, situation. I think is right. like for shock value and aged terribly. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think uh, what they're trying to paint there is this guy is just. Well, Jason Street is like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And he's just like this Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. And Herc is like... The opposite. That's just... There's no reason to do that anymore. Like, you've been... Mm-hmm. You know, your life's been ripped from underneath you. Uh, but you said you're going to get into that later. And I think that's kind of his redeeming moment in the episode. Yeah, he does come in pretty harsh. Monica, you look, you look like you have something lined up. Oh, now I feel like I'm supposed to say something really important. Oh, I thought you were yeah, queuing. Yeah. I thought you were queuing a, a clip. <laughs> oh, well, do we want to play that moment now? Um, let's play it later because I pulled it too okay. and I, I have a couple things to say about it. Yeah. I mean, initial reactions, I was like, I, I remember when I first watched, I was yeah. like, I hate this guy. This is his yeah. roommate. Like what? Yeah. The second <laughs> he goes, like, who is that? That's your roommate. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, no, Jason. But they set that up really well because his stickers. moment is so unexpected, which we will nice. Oh, I didn't He's see. He's got one of those, like you know, I've his... seen the, Wait, the mud flaps with the girl with the leg up. Yes, come on. No, come on. She's what laying on she her do? back, and then she's come got on. one leg. I mean, like I saw an the actual like, bumper it's sticker. Sort of, it's like just like it's not uh, mud flaps on a truck, and you see like the woman, and they got the oh, two. Legs. Oh yes, yes. He yes. has that on his wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I'm like, like I am four, from Texas. I should know uh, what mud flaps bumper are. stickers on that. Wait, what is a mud flop? Monica, they're, the, they're like the, the rubber things that go on the back of, right behind the tires all on the mud trucks. that gets in the traction, so oh, that way okay. it's not splashing in the face of, you know, people road tripping. 
and mm-hmm. gotcha. They're for people that don't live anywhere that it snows. <laughs> that would not fly here. No. Um. What was I? So then we say? get we get Matt checking out Julie. Yes, we really start to see. I uh, love that Matt little little horn dog. I know. <laughs> also in love. <laughs> yes. Well, and Julie is v- adorable. Yeah. No, it's I love all their little moments in this episode because I remember, you know, when I was young and not as perceptive as I am now, <laughs> I like didn't totally see them coming. And then yeah. this episode, I was like, whoa, I like this. That's true because she does kind of give him the hand for the first few episodes. This is the first one where she is starting to like respond to him. Yeah. I was going to say that little exchange about us. Oh, you know, the song reminded me of, uh, you know, this artist, uh, Jackson Pollock. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> he says, Jackson what? Like, how, how does Jackson Pollock remind me of any song? She's like, I wrote that down because I thought it was hilarious also, but Julie called him out for me. She was like, I, was, I, don't I didn't see remember the that line. I was like, is he saying, I thought for sure he was going to say yeah. Picasso or something like that. Just like the Jack- Jackson yeah. Pollock. I was like, oh, huh. Jackson Pollock is like really specific. Isn't he the one that just, just like pointless him? The, the brush. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Monica yeah. was saying, like you're talking about uh, just like in your younger ear ears, in your younger ears before all this damage yeah. in podcasts. When you're uh, in my younger <laughs> ears, but like yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a high school conversation, you know? Like you're like, oh, I heard about Jackson Pollock. I feel totally. like I know art now, and so I mean, in that yeah. way, right. it's true to the true to the people where they're at in their life. I agree. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, I thought it was super adorable when Matt um, is doing quick feet with his grandma. <laughs> She's like, let me see it now. Move your feet. And they're like in the kitchen and he's doing it. I know. Like, and he like, he's kind of resistant, but then he's like, he's like, oh, I'll show you quick feet. Oh, so yeah. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. She's adorable. Yeah. But we do look a little deeper into like the, the woes of Matt. Um, he's, he's a little mm. sad prince in this episode. <laughs> I know. He gets pretty angsty. Yeah. And you see the disconnect between him and his dad, because I think this is the first time we see his dad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Via Zoom. Um, Via Zoom. And he's like, oh, coach is thinking about starting another guy this Friday. And his dad just like totally, you can just tell that they just miss each other completely. Like he he just goes, oh, well, that's, you know, a relief off your shoulders. And you can tell Matt's yeah. like, oh, it's like super stressful. <laughs> right. Well, and he wants his dad to say, you know, that he believes in him and that he can rise to the occasion, you know, cause Matt needs that confidence mm-hmm. and his dad's just like, Oh, well if you know, dude is better than you, then that's, you can just sit back. And yeah. that's like, no, that's what I want to do. I need someone to tell me that I need to not do that. Right. Yeah. 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 And we, then we see it totally contrasted later after coach T picks up um, Matt from the hospital and Matt's like, sorry, I pushed so hard earlier asking about voodoo. And then, Coach T is like, no, like you're a different player now than you were two weeks. Like he just immediately gives him that support. And, and you can tell that that is who his daddy is. That's Matt's <laughs> daddy as long daddy. as well as mine. But I feel like I feel like the introduction of Matt's dad, though, is also important about who oh, Matt really? is at the start of the season. I mean, he's he's totally fine with being in the shadows. That's like you get where he, he has that kind of I'm fine with being backup quarterback. And then, you know, like Coach Taylor says, you're a totally different person than two weeks ago. And so we're starting to see, like, Matt's kind of verging from mm-hmm. his father. And he does, I guess maybe in a way he's, like, looking at his future and he's like, oh, I don't want to yeah. be you. 
And then Coach Taylor comes in with, like, you know, the perfect response of guidance. And, totally. and his dad is right so dismissive. Direction. Like, after his Matt's grandma has the episode, like, she doesn't take her medication. She wanders out of the house. And Matt is telling his dad about it. And his dad is like, well, I, I'm busy here. Like, I just need you to be the man of the house. And he, like, so dismissive of yeah. this, like, 17-year-old kid. Yeah. You need to hold down the it's floor. like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, 12. 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I did love seeing a little bit more of, of Matt and Lorraine. That was really cute. Yeah, they really developed that. Um, I loved um, Tyra and Jason's interaction in the hospital yeah. because we're starting to see Tyra. I mean, we talked about how she's so one-dimensional in the pilot. She's got her, like, <laughs> chunky necklaces on, and she's, like, whore. And, she's, like, like, on a rampage. Just, like, yeah, just on a straight rampage the whole time. And I just love her realness when she goes in the hospital. She's like, hey, I'm not trying to be one of those people that, you know, I, I know we're not super tight. I just wanted to be like, I wanted to extend a hand and tell you that you didn't deserve this. And I really, I that really started to flesh out her character for me. I, and I felt like in the pit of my stomach, like when she gets there, she's there to instigate and reveal what's yeah. going on with Lila and Tim. And so it's a bit of like a, a surprise. And she also kind of shoots him yeah. straight instead of, the bullshit that Lila was telling him. And like, I felt like the spoon feeding mm-hmm. was kind of like, totally like a baby. Like, and I'm not sure if that's on purpose, but I totally think it is talking to him like a baby too. She's like, here you go. And I was like, Oh, like, he's totally. It's so that. emasculating. Um, and we've talked about, I'm sure, I think we talked mm-hmm. about in the first season, but like we've, there's just been a lot of comparisons between this experience and like my experience with cancer. And I totally would have, loved somebody like Tyra to walk in. And I did have people like that <laughs> to walk into your room and just be like, I'm not going to be one of those people that is going to just like walk in here and tell you everything's fine. Like this just shouldn't have happened. Like I, I love that she um, just kind of wallows with him for a second. That's clearly what he was yeah. needing. Would well, you find that some of the commentary you'd receive is almost like dismissing what you're actually going through by being, oh, you're so Mm -hmm. brave and and things like that would just be kind of placated statements. I would find myself almost correcting people all the time, especially the you're so brave one. I have always hated that. You're so brave. And I'm like, they told me I would die if I didn't do this. (laughs) Like, There's no (laughs) braveness about it. They were like, do chemo or die. So I was like, do chemo. Like there's really, like you're not given a, a choice. I just always hated that. I was like, there's no bravery in (laughs) like I had to um there is a weird like whole like lexicon of way people talk about cancer and the battle with cancer that I find so dismissive totally well and they slip right into that voice that you were imitating too like right when you say the word cancer people go oh right you know like they start getting all breathy I'm like ah stop Uh, just use your diaphragm like normal (laughs) just use your real voice (laughs) I want my voice to right. But people definitely are dismissive. And, and we talked about this a little bit, so I won't repeat it too much. But people, like, come to the injured person or the sick person to comfort themselves almost. And I don't think it's intentional or that they're that calculated about it. But they come to you saying, like, you're going to get through this. Like, this is all going to be okay. And, um, you know, like, I hope you're feeling better soon. And it's just, I find that super dismissive because that's yeah. just not the reality of the situation. And when you're the person in that situation, you don't, you're, and I, I thought they hit this really well when Tyra's like, well, Tim is too scared to come in. And Jason's like, oh, he's scared. 
you know, and I think that that's exactly how I would feel sometimes when people are like, yeah. you're going to get through this. And I'm like, you know what? I might not. And I need you to like be okay with that. Or I am the one who's lying. You're making me lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would think, you know, the last thing you want is to be in a circle of like, mm-hmm. yes, men giving you a bunch of lies and you need people to be real. So yeah, I totally. And so I think Tyra mm-hmm. was that relief. Yeah. I will say when you were talking about how we talk about cancer sometimes is not great. Um, so it's September 3rd right now. And the actor Chadwick Boseman passed away a few days ago. It's September 2nd. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it's September 2nd. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. There. And he um, he died of colon cancer. And so many people on Twitter were like, can we please stop saying lost a battle with Ugh. cancer? It is not a yeah. battle that you fight. It's just or lose. It's life. It's not right. something that you lose or win. People that and like I'm on the lucky side as a survivor, but there's also a, survivorship is its whole mm-hmm. other battle. Like you get through yeah. cancer and then you have to spend the rest of your life battling with survivorship, which is just as difficult. And I know I just use the word right. battle, but um, it's not a fight. <laughs> it's not a fight that I won and that the people around me lost. Like I know people who yeah. died of the same yeah. cancer that I had. And I got into this discussion with my mom too. Sometimes when we talk about religion and stuff, I feel a little bit differently than my parents or like I just practice it in different ways than my parents. And my mom sometimes gets hurt and upset that I don't always acknowledge my survivorship to the prayers of the people around me, which I think was a good point for her to make because I didn't really, you know, I forget to think about all the prayers and all the time that people put into thinking about me. But the reason that I would never say that I survived because of that is because the people that I knew with my cancer who died didn't die because they didn't have that. (laughs) Right. Or didn't fight hard enough or yeah, it's just ridiculous. So I'm glad that people are calling that language out because it's just dismissive and not accurate. On a slightly more uh, positive note, uh, there's a there's a Norm Macdonald stand-up on that language. It's really Ooh. great. Where he's talking about his uncle has cancer, and he's like, he's like, you know, losing <laughs> to make it a little comical. I mean, he talks about like, do you really lose? The, he's like, I think it's more of a tie because <laughs> the cancer needs the body. <laughs> That's so true. The cancer's not taking over the body. Seriously. <laughs> so, but Norm Macdonald has, you know. Sometimes, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't care for him. I thought mm. he was so dry, but anyway. I have to look that up. I'm confident yeah. I would love oh, that. Oh, well, and when mm. you were talking about survivorship too, I, I recently watched the show Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to, again, I'm, we're not about spoilers on this show. So <laughs> one of the characters um, has cancer and they dealt with it really well because they deal with the whole aftermath of her surviving. And everyone's like, oh, you beat cancer. So you're great. Go back to work. Find your purpose. And oh. she's like freaking out. And and, yeah. and, and it, it shows that whole kind of deconstruction of what my purpose is and why am I here. And um, so they handled that I really well. I love people's response to survivorship, too, because I'll tell people I used I had cancer or whatever. And then the, this is what they say every single time. Oh, OK. But you're like good now. I'm like, well, I mean, <sighs> it's a lifetime disease it could come back at any time but yeah sure for this conversation mm-hmm. yeah i'm fine <laughs> right i know we'll if someone mentioned that like just offhand i'd just be like oh wow and then just keep going like <laughs> i would be like wait but are you, are you good like are, are you gonna like be okay right now i'm like Ugh. no i'm gonna collapse uh, i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not sure how i would respond to that but i can't i can't say i've been perfect it is hard that, it is hard no i mean it we all that i think a lot of people you know they may come in with the right intentions but i think what you're saying earlier about you know they kind of walk away 
with this like self gratifying mm-hmm. statement, and you're kind of left feeling, if not less, but just the same. Yeah, or like, like a I just had to back. spend emotional energy appeasing this person, telling them I'm fine. <laughs> Right. But I think we've been seeing Jason surrounded by all of his little fluffers. But this is the first episode where they finally start introducing some um, reality, like Tyra and Herc kind of laying down the law. Since we're since we're on that, let me play the the Herc bit. Or wait, did I just do it? No, I didn't. Um, Where and so when he tells Jason what's going to happen to him, it is like line for line. It is so accurate. They must have spoken with somebody who has been through this or something even to the the time frames that he references like in six yeah. weeks people stop praying in six months uh parents get divorced and like everything was so on the nose uh, my parents stayed together but there is it's like above 50 percent rate or something we'll have to fact check that wow. but it's a really high rate of divorce for chi- oh. parents who have children with cancer or life-threatening diseases like everything he said was so on point so here let wow. me play it real quick you don't know anything about my life so no, we just leave it alone. He's down on my face, okay? Huh. Actually, I know everything about your life. Let me run down the next two years for you. See, you're still in the golden everyone rallies around you phase. Yeah, they'll start to get bored with that in about six weeks, and then all the letters and cards and visits and prayers will die down dramatically. Right, just shut up. You know, another three months after that, the girlfriend is going to tell you all about how you're different people now and how you need to find out who you are apart. Being into her ass. Then maybe about two months after that, the lawsuit will be in full swing and you will lose people. Are you coming in the world to you? Are you can pay for fun things? Get out of my face. And about maybe three, maybe four months after that, get out your of parents my face. will announce Shut up. that the stress of all Shut up. Stress hurt. between them that they've decided Herc, to go ahead I'm warning you. and get into birth because the love of you shut the I loved that interaction so much. Wait, but you got to finish. Oh, that's all I pulled. Sorry. Oh, well, well, what comes next? He goes, there you go. I knew you had some fight in you. Oh, yeah. I should have cut that. Is he call him Sparky? Sparky. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I love that he's just like getting a rise out of him, like getting him to engage. He was definitely starting to sort of shut down. He like didn't want to eat and stuff and, and her yeah. gets them all pissed off. And everything he said was so accurate. Like the hunt, there is like a honeymoon phase of, mm-hmm. of an injury like yeah, that. That makes sense. Well, and when I first watched that, I was like, oh, my God, shut up. Like, yeah, he's like, been through enough, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And then you realize and then he he moves his hand for the first time and he hits that glass. And it's like, I don't know if that's exactly what he was trying to do, but it obviously worked. And it, 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 it you know, it put that reality into Jason and it gave him the, you know, strength to fight back. Totally. Yeah, I, I loved that scene. So good. Oh, let's see. What's one of my other notes? Oh, I also just wrote down. I didn't know that we were allowed to hide under tables at parties because I definitely because I would will love do, to that. do that. I used to do that when I was little. After we'd eat, I'd go under the table. <laughs> really? I'd be like my little cave down here. <laughs> Having kids is the best. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta check on the baby. Uh, I'll just, I'll just I got watching like Toy Story, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I use my dog. I'm like, oh, my dog. I need to walk the dog. But all of my friends know that know that cop out by now. And they're like, Carly, I know that you walked her before you came here. So shut up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> let me leave. I need to walk the dog. <laughs> I'm not sure how well that's working when sitting down at the dinner table. You know what? I forgot. <laughs> I mean, I normally am honestly a fan of the Irish goodbye. Yes. Well, I, I used to live in this really big house. And had three stories. I lived with five of the roommates 
and we would have parties a lot because we had a great house for that but sometimes it was just like not in the mood and so I snuck away and I my roommate's room was like up in the attic and so I went up there and got in her bed and was like watching Game of Thrones and then slowly my friends started coming up because they realized where I was and I was like I was trying to escape from you I was like leave please leave they're like hey I'm like you got a dead ball no yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly well yeah so we already talked about the barbecue I said Eric is being so unfair yes um and then I said break through the window remember the titans I wrote that Eric is less than sexy at that party in his yes. with his attitude yeah and i already said this but i love i said that i love that eric fails to make up with tammy initially that he has to you know try again work a little bit harder yeah and so then we have the herc moment and then we have the fight where the guys retaliate um and matt throws the first punch i know i wrote i kind of love that i wrote poor <laughs> matt <too>. daddy issues <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like he throws the punch too because he knows he knows he's about to get this shit, yeah. you know, shit beat out of him. So he's like, might as well might get as one, well. In, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. But then he pulls such well, an integrity move, like later when the bullies find him, um, and which I also wrote, "LOL, those bully boys walked straight out of One Tree Hill." <laughs> Seriously, bully boys, the yeah. ones that like find <laughs> Matt after, later, and they're like, "Yes." Hey. Like, well, no, that was that was the scene I was talking about because so they they go oh, and they like beat up a car and stuff. When they both beat up the car, but when they retaliate, Matt throws the first mm, punch. Um, I didn't catch that. But yeah, he he doesn't give any names. He like owns yeah. up to it, and then he doesn't give any names to Coach Taylor. And I'm like, oh, and he said it in the cutest guy. way. He's like, with all due respect, I'm also not going to sell them out to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, so well, good. It's a small thing, but when uh, Tim makes Matt come with him to like destroy the car, mm-hmm. to me, it's like the team's chosen quarterback. It, I mean, I know it's totally. like, hey, you know, they're, they're just friends, but I feel like he's like, nah, you, you're coming in this car. Like, you need to be here because you're our quarterback. Like, Tim's chosen Matt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Voodoo's just kind of outside. That's of a that. good so, point. Like and that. they do. And, and we can tell in this episode that, like, everybody hates Voodoo, obviously, except for Buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Tim even says, uh, <laughs> Matt's like, I got my Voodoo working my Voodoo boy. <laughs> Um, it's like, Lila, get over here. Right. him now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, and t- uh, Matt has asked him, he's like, hey, do you know where Voodoo is? And he's like, I don't know, probably jerking off in front of a mirror or something. Like, yeah. Like, they hate him, which I love. They hate him. Like, and I yeah. love Saracen. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does establish that um, loyalty to Matt yeah. more in this yeah. episode, which I love. Oh, hey, I realized after, like, over 10 years, I finally realized who Jason, the actor who plays Jason, reminds me of. Um, I forgot to look up his name, but the guy in um, Walk to Remember. Oh, Shane. Yes. Shane West. Shane West. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. I think he was cast to look like Tom Brady, though. Oh, I think he interesting. Was like, I mean, because he just kind of has the same appearance as like, I don't know if you look up rookie Tom Brady. Yeah. And they got this like, oh, picture yeah. of him in these oh, big, I, I like, remember. shorts and no shirt. <laughs> I had a... No muscles. A, like, <laughs> no muscles. Word. Like, you know how to print, or when I was little, to print photos, I'd, like, put them in a Word document and, like, send it to print, and then I would cut them out. I had a couple Tom Brady uh, oh, really? pictures on my pencil <laughs> box. <laughs> well, well, he definitely kind of looks like early Tom. Interesting. So I think that's what I always thought, but I don't know. Yeah, he definitely is, like, an yeah. all-American boy. Definitely, definitely. Too, too much, though. I mean, I feel like he was unrelatable before his injury. I mm. mean, he's just too yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah very like, vanilla. Oh, 
what does he call the kids in the meeting in the first episode? He called. I just found it like odd. Yeah. That someone in high school was like, "Son," he calls son. him all son. He's like, "Oh, son." Really, oh, I feel God. like I heard yeah. that a lot growing up. Really? Oh, okay. Well, I was just like, <laughs> kids like six years younger than you. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, he definitely is. I feel like a teeny bit overdone, but I also know people. I think the what makes him feel a little too fake is that when he's not talking to adults, he's the same way because I felt like I knew people like him who would behave like uh, Jason street when they're talking to adults. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. But that they would chill out when they're talking to friends and, and be a little different. But I feel like I definitely knew people who would talk to adults that way. for sure. Well, cause I like the fact that, you know, he starts as this, like you said, kind of unrelatable, kind of untouchable person. And so once his injury happens, then we start to peel back the layers of who he really is and who he hasn't really allowed himself to be because he's just like, I'm QB1 and I'm the p- perfect boyfriend and the perfect son. And now we're really seeing who he is. Um, but I loved this part when, so, you know, there's the fight and everything. And then right before the dance recital, uh, this happens. To wait. I've got to get to my daughter's dance recital or Tammy's going to have me neutered. I love that line. <laughs> Me too. So real. Uh, Tammy's gonna He's like, I have screwed up so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good one. Um, yes. I also just wrote, cannot handle the dance recital. Okay, so let's We're finally here. break that down. <laughs> it is like, okay, the costumes alone are horrendous. Yes. And then, okay, I am not a dancer. I did take dance because I did theater, but Same. I did not excel but Same. I know good dancing when I see it and that was not um it. and that was not it and it's like they didn't even try yeah, even the end date they just step no. step turn clap like that is the end yes, they couldn't so have gotten bad. like the high school dance troupe or something like these were clearly people who did not know all the doing. budget goes to football no that's a good point <laughs> right probably I it was I bizarre was like, it like almost like warranted Coach Taylor's like total neglect of her passion. I would not <laughs> exactly. have wanted to go to that recital either. No. I was like, oh. <sighs> Saracen loved it. I know, Saracen. and I felt like his like his his reaction to it was only because like it was like a little sexy, and so he's like, oh, my girl's grown up. Yeah, but I was like, like, are you actually reacting that he, it's bad? Like, I just I don't know. I think the yeah, exactly the smile. Oh, <laughs> right. I I get. Like, I can't believe that shit. I thought he, yeah. like, Sorry, thought it was sexy. And then Coach Taylor's, like, looking over at him, realizing, you know? And then he's just yeah. like, I think I just told that kid to take our daughter into the backseat of his car. <laughs> yes, oh, I got that clip, too. So um, do we want to play the Matt and Julie clip? Yeah. And talk more about that. Hey. Oh, wow, what happened? Oh, yeah, I just, I just got uh, beat up a little bit, just a little... But you were really, or that was, um, I, I really liked it. Hey, he's so awesome. The music, too, the music was really I know. cool. I don't know why, but for some reason it kind of, it kind of reminded me of this painter that I really like. Uh-huh, which painter would that be? Uh, this guy, um, Jackson Pollock. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Yeah. You, um, you ever seen any of his stuff? Of some of it, but I don't really see the connection. You, you don't? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I guess it is kind of a stretch, huh? Maybe a little bit. What? Why? What? Why? 
think I told that kid to get our daughter in the backseat of a car. <laughs> it's so good. And then it cuts really quickly. And she can't react. Did you guys oh, think it was so in good. character for Coach T- Taylor to tell him to get a girl in the back of his car? No, I didn't like that. I thought it was a, it's a little It's funny because he is a... I mean, he is like a father of just a girl, yeah. so you wouldn't think he like a father of a girl would, you know. Uh, recently, the trend was a uh, dad mom after Kobe passed, a dad mom. Oh, yeah, I had two yeah, boys, yeah. so I felt, I felt like real left out. It's like, hey, <laughs> <Dad>. son dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, but I don't know. It, I really liked that conversation. Yeah. Not, not for like, not being like, oh, you know. Go get yourself a girl and feel better. It's good medicine. As a mechanism. I, it reminded me of coach speak. Just there's with the head coach, there's this funny, like, you have a minute and then once you're in there for too long, get out. And I love when he's just like, he's being endearing. And then he's like, what are you doing here? Get out <laughs> yeah. of here. Good. Did my job. Yeah. Go. His yes. little like warm moments with the, especially mm-hmm. Matt, yeah. who just like kind of is hanging around for more like moral support. And he's like, get out of here. That was it. That's all I have. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I liked up, up until the get her in the backseat of your car. I don't care. Like, just like, yeah. do you like someone? Yeah. Go take her out. Like, go get this off your brain because it's clearly distracting you. But yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't like the thought of like, go release your manhood because you're you're not focused. That was kind of gross. Well, like, I, it didn't bother uh, me that much. I just didn't feel like it was very in character. It definitely seemed like a little force so that they could make that storyline happen. But yeah, but it is hilarious. Deal. The payoff is great. Yeah, it was worth it. But um, I do love y'all were making fun of the Jackson Pollock thing. Like, I love that Julie isn't like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like and like, obviously, she hasn't been that way around Matt yet. So you wouldn't really expect her to. But, you know, I just hate the trope of like girls that like a guy and they're like just okay, agreeing with everything yeah. they say or even the reverse, too. But I just yeah. like she's like, no, I don't really get it. But I still <laughs> I like you yeah. and I like that you're here. She was still yeah. nice about That's it. That's true. Yeah. OK. Can we go to my favorite part of this episode which was and it's visual so I'm not going to be able to recreate it but I laughed I paused rewound and then laughed for another five minutes at the hard cut when it goes to Lila's bedroom and Tim Riggins is sitting in her bedroom straight up like Edward Cullen like cowering in the dark corner of her room he's like hello it's so ah. creepy. I said the trope of like someone just being in your room or like showing up at your house. We like that does not happen. Stop telling young girls that men should be climbing through their windows unwarranted. <laughs> right. Not okay. That is not consent. Well, and like, how did he That's get up there? Cons- like, like did he like? She's there's no in a way he could have gotten there. Bedroom. Yeah. yeah. I think for like the whole first minute, he only says like one word, but a lot of heavy breathing. He's yeah. just like. <sighs> I actually am pretty sure he had about like 10 words in this episode and then just breathing. Yes. I can't. I mean, (laughs) I can't stop thinking about playing about. Very. I know. I like. I like recorded that clip, but I was like, it's so minimal, and it's just them like kissing. So I just feel like it'd be weird if we play. Yeah. We could just talk about it. Um. Uh, But yeah, I mean. Girls, As, if you're wondering, if you walk yeah. into your room and there's man in the corner, even if you know that man, you should call Question the authorities. Question the situation. <laughs> yes. Even if he looks like Tim Riggins. Yes. Honestly, yeah. even if, if Taylor... <laughs> even if it's Taylor Kitsch. If he was in my bedroom, I would ask at least a couple questions before I hop right onto him. I would bet him. <laughs> 
Right. I just, I feel like, I mean, the shock value was good. Yeah. But he should have just come to her door and then they were like, he's like, I need to talk to you. And then they go upstairs and he goes, I can't stop thinking about you. And then they hook up. Like that just would have been more normal. But, or at least a little like throwing rocks at her window, but just climbing right on in. It's very violating. Yeah. yeah. Why even? I don't even know if he climbed. Like, I I think he like broke in the back door and like snuck. Like, that's so so creepy. creepy. Yeah, like a burglar. Yeah, Lila's supposed to be like this this holy child, and he's like the forbidden fruit. Right. He's he's like hardly a character. I feel like in some of these moments. I mean, the moment where she denied him and said we're nothing, I felt like right there it's like okay, Mm -hmm. like I feel for him in this moment because like he's always just been objectified as this like I don't know a hunter yeah for women yeah things like that um but then then he does that and it's like oh no that's you that's you are well I do love when he's like uh she says I've been having all of these feelings he's like yes. yeah me too she's like for Jason you dumbass. <laughs> I loved that too I he's a <laughs> This like whole is- scene though gave me so. M- I mean, the fact that he broke in, but just gave me so much anxiety. I was not like that naughty in high school. Just watching them interact in the bedroom, thinking that their parents are next door, gave me so much anxiety. I was like, "They're gonna hear you." I know it's so <laughs> close quarters, and like, and also uh, you said in the last episode, Carly. I think you're like, I don't like. You know, we love that scene where he's walking home and then you know she's yeah there no, he's never gonna walk again and then mo- i mean that moment's awesome but like we don't like the like sadness turns into romance yeah. and like she's still very hurting and she's like basically crying while they're kissing it's like weird That's so weird yeah but i mean i get it I mean, yeah like, they're both in turmoil but yes it it's good tv but in real life <laughs> ladies don't <laughs> Don't get that. Like, if you're watching the show, like, and uh, y'all's first episode, y'all compared the, you know, the, the, I'm trying to think of the word, but the rhythm of an episode before streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, if like you're binge watching this show, you know, you don't have a lot of time to step back and think about what's happening. It's very like, whoa, teenage hormones, yeah. and you're like, okay, I feel it. But like, you know, after like having to look back on this episode, I'm like. Tim Riggins is probably the worst friend anyone could ever have. Uh, you know, Jason <laughs> yeah, Street has been crippled and he hasn't visited him. And then while his girlfriend like is morning, he's like cooking up with her. And it's like, dude, like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's doing all the wrong things. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Which is my favorite Blink-182 song. All the wrong things. All the wrong, wrong things. things. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But how does the episode... Oh, oh, I loved how the episode ended. So, you know, that's the big final moment of Tim and Lila. But then it shows, you know, no football tonight. But then it shows Matt just, like, throwing that football. And he's he's all inspired. And he's, like... It's just sweet because you just think about he's working hard. Obviously, because he just loves football. And he wants to, you know, not... He wants to beat out doo-doo. But they've set all these moments of, like, his grandma... Is like, you know, move your feet. And his dad is like, I don't believe in you, mm-hmm. so screw you. And then, you know, Coach Taylor and Julie are kind of giving him this confidence. And so it mm-hmm. kind of all builds up into him fighting hard. And like I revitalize. Yeah. I wrote yeah. that I love, I mean, it ends on Matt, but then it ends in that like super, or not super cut, but that montage of like everyone going nai nai. Like everyone know, is like so getting cute. tucked They're in. They're going to bed. I'm like, ooh, I want to go to bed. <laughs> well, Tim and Lila like collapse on the bed and then it cuts right. to like Jason getting tucked in. I was like, oh, everyone's going night-night. <laughs> and then we're just going night-night. 
Um, I don't. I don't understand the story dynamic between Tim Riggins not visiting Jason. I, I don't understand what we're supposed to get from that as a character. Like, mm-hmm. why would he, why would he feel guilty? Why would he be a, what's he afraid of is the line that he said he's afraid. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't, I think that's a good that. point. Cause I remember when I first watched it, I didn't really get it either. And maybe it's on the rewatch or maybe it's on our like closer analysis and comparing this to like the cancer experience. I think he's literally scared to see his friend, crippled or like in a hospital bed like it's scary to walk in and see somebody you love with all those like tubes and gear and everything um like it's uh it makes it a reality yeah like uh, like he's able to kind of avoid the from his reality by not going yeah. i guess and yeah. he can push it out of his head and and then we know that he's blaming himself because he keeps re-watching the tape and i mean maybe you can speak on this as a fullback but um he feels like he missed a tackle and that he's partially responsible even though coach taylor was like you were on the other side of the field like let yourself off the hook but mm-hmm. um and then one of the assistant coaches say says you, you can blame yourself for anything if you think about it long enough yeah, that's true. So I think it's a combination of that, like this weird kind of blaming. And then also, which I can speak to that, too. I just had a memory of going to the hospital. I don't know if it was the first time or whatever to visit Carly. And, you know, when you first hear that your friend has cancer, it's kind of hard to, you know, wrap your brain around. But you're just kind of like, ah, OK, let's go to the hospital, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, see her. And I remember walking through the door and some patient came by that was like clearly in like the weeds of chemo and really sick and I remember my mom was with me and I just froze you know she was just kind of like it's okay because I just you know the reality doesn't hit you until you really see it and um and so I think that's what Tim is afraid of I think you nailed that yeah and he doesn't have someone like he doesn't have a support system to be like it's gonna be okay I mean he has Mm -hmm. coach Taylor but like he doesn't really have that built in but yeah, do we have any <laughs> stray obsies before we rate the app? <laughs> He's like, what the hell is that? Stray <laughs> observations. Oh, <they're>, I'll wait. <laughs> um, I just wrote that I wanted to vomit along with them, watching them run those bleachers in, yeah, in gear. seriously. In that heat. Mm-mm. I remember running bleachers in track yeah. and I was not wearing football gear. Nick's so. just shaking his head. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I can't even talk. It, about Nick, it. do you think it was part yeah, of the that was, punishment? That was terrible. <laughs> Nick, was, was it part of the punishment? I've always thought it was part of the punishment for them to have to run it in their gear. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know how much uh, psychology football coaches <laughs> study, but. <laughs> or like, did you ever have to do that? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, and like the pads are just like a pain. Oh. I mean, you're just like, it's gross, but like they're you like coated in oh, sweat cool. under that, and and it's just and I don't know were they wearing cleats in that scene? He, he's about to I bet. have another lawsuit. I mean, they had helmets uh, on, which I feel like is dangerous. But. Yeah, and the hel- sometimes you get these really <laughs> bad helmets that like just push like super hard on your forehead. <laughs> like helmets have gotten a lot better over time. Like when I went to high school, they had like this one called a Revolution, Ooh. and I was like, oh my god, this is so comfy. And they used to be like crap. Get like a bucket. That we it's, like yeah. here. They definitely did not use yeah, to value seriously. football players' Ooh. brains. Yeah, that's true. Um, something that, you know, annoyed me in this episode from a football standpoint is the practice where, you know, doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're wearing red. They're wearing yeah. red. And what that means is quarterback, don't hit. And so when he's got the running touchdown, I'm like, how cool is that? Like, 
That's no a one's good allowed point. to touch the quarterback. So it's that there's like little things like mm. as you know, just like little football things that sometimes obviously it's a show. Right, right. No, right. you're not I can't say when I go see an action movie and they're like, that's not what that gun sounds like. <laughs> there's too many shells in the shotgun. I'm like, okay, it's a movie. Yeah. Um, but that part, like I don't, the touchdowns that he passes, I'm like, cool. But the running play, I'm like. Like they weren't allowed to tackle allowed. him anyway. <laughs> that is a good point. Well, and conversely, I feel like Matt gets tackled in that red jersey. Oh, you're right. The whole yeah, they knock like, his helmet off. spins, right? The left and right. So maybe. I do. Maybe that role doesn't apply to that. Practice. I think that, like, as as women who didn't play football, a lot of that stuff goes unnoticed. I mean, I feel like they do. A, I mean, we grew up watching football, and I feel like they do pretty much as, like as good of a job as you can do. But I'm curious as your of your perspective on like their portrayal of like the action shots. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I as a kid, like high school, like it totally captures like the soul and the energy mm-hmm. of it for sure. Um, but you know, going back to the first episode when they go to halftime and they got Jason street and he's like, they're coming, they're coming. And I can't even see where they're coming from. And I'm like, okay. Like that part was a little dialed up because you know, everyone's got their cool energies are cool at halftime. Mm-hmm. No one's like in panic. And, it, and that's just part of being a drama TV show, you know, and they, they're like, you know, cutting here, here, here. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, everything's in disarray and that's the point. Yeah. But it's a little yeah i feel like it's a good idea that they yeah yeah, they they keep it as realistic as possible but then they also you know give the audience a little little dramatic flair yeah i mean what because what are you gonna you don't want to watch like everyone's real calm for halftime it's like right right we're fine (laughs) well also what was great about um just thinking about the football in general the episode that I was an extra in, I won't say what it was or what game it was, but they shot two different endings of them losing and them winning. So the audience didn't know. Oh, interesting. So all the, yeah. That's so all cool. the extras oh, um, cool. didn't know how that game was going to end. So I love that. They also cool. had us like cheer silently. Um, it was the fifth season. Oh, yeah. Five. That was the weirdest thing as an extra is having fake conversations and you're like emoting. You're right. Like, Oh, but you're silent. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest thing. Like, and then, like, <laughs> and then the take is going really long, and so you just like you lose all like, you just start to hate yourself. Totally. You're like, ah, oh, what am I doing in the world? Just like, what do I normally do with my hands? Right. And then you're just like, I'm just gonna go be a lawyer. <laughs> I just walked out. Oh man. Honestly, as someone who's still in the film world um, and has considered law, I, I, you probably monetarily made the right choice. Uh, I don't know. Uh, student loans, man. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, Keep it up. Both of y'all. I think we're, I think those were all my stray opsies, man. Yeah, I just, I just like that I have, I love Matt getting distracted by Julie on the field and then my next note is just, Matt, <laughs> this and all cat. <laughs> and then, oh, and what then I just doing? have two more. Um, I loved when, you know, Tam is like, I don't think that was really an apology. And then he leaves. He goes, it was, oh, no, wait. Actually, so this was um, before uh, this happens. She calls him in and he goes, it was very uncomfortable sitting out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he's just sitting <laughs> in the old chair like a student. Also, when he leaves, he, he to the to the yeah. student coming in after him, he's like, she's pretty grumpy. Yeah, she's pretty pissed <laughs> off today. Uh, he's like, yeah. she's pissed yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> With a big smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's his angry smile. Right, the angry smile. <laughs> yeah. And then going back to what, when we were talking about in the film section about how uh, Peter Burke does a really good job of setting you in the setting, to use words, um, is 
after the dance recital, there's just like a quick shot of these like little kids eating like brownies and drinking punch. I know exactly punch. what you're talking and about. And that is so like, I, every time after we did a play or a musical in, in the SST, our lobby, oh, there was cookie, just like cookie. cookies, <laughs> cookie, cookie. There were like cookies and brownies and that oh. red punch. And that was just like, I just immediately took me there. To town yeah. on that. But that, I just love that touch. I love that. Hey, shall we rate the <laughs> Let's app? Let's do it. So I, I'm sure Nick remembers from the episode he's listened to, but we give a rating out of 10 and assign it just a random item from, from throughout the show. I'm sure Nick knows because he's such a response. fan about how this all works. <laughs> Diehard <Yeah>. fan. <laughs> Am I going first? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. Hold on. Okay, well, good. I can take the obvious one. So I I loved this I episode. <laughs> um, I thought it had a lot to it. And I do I do love when there's a game, but I also love when it focuses on the relationships. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Doo-doos. Um, I agree. I love this episode. I love that we got to sort of tease at the deeper side of, of some of the characters like Matt and... Um, my brain just went blank, but we got to dig deeper at, at all the other, you know, Matt and all those other people. <laughs> but we got to start seeing Matt and Julie. We got to see like Eric and Tammy kind of like going at each other angrily and romantically. And physically. <laughs> um, I love. They were mouth banging. Seriously. <laughs> um, I love the table scene. I love the party. Um, I don't think it's like a. Hot, I'm not going to give it a super high rating just because we don't like move forward a ton. And I feel like that like raises the difficulty level of each episode. Like if there's more plot in it. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 Taylor kitches in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick. <laughs> I, uh, I think this episode doesn't have enough Jesse Plemons, Ooh, not enough Landry. I love Landry. He's nowhere. Not even a line. Episode, we think. only see him in the background of like the first party shot. And, and he's such a, I don't know. The fact that he's like a guy that's not on the football team is just like perfect balance of commentary about just how absurd. He's like the straight guy in this really weird world of football yeah. worship. Yes. And, uh, and so I just, I, I love his, uh, I don't know, his, his dichotomy with Matt uh but I think one of the, my favorite parts of this episode is just kind of finally coach Taylor opening up a little to one of his players Matt he's kind of stuck in the car with him which is exactly what him and his wife wife Tammy were talking about you know actually talking to one of these teenagers with their hormones and stuff so he's he's kind of stepping into her role and I guess that's how he appreciates her job but even more so is like he's kind of like lowering this front that he has to have as a coach mm-hmm. uh where it's like oh i can't tell you who i'm starting instead he's like look this is what i want you to do i, I see you know the strength in you to be the starter this is all you got to do so like you can see he cares about matt yeah uh, as a person and so that to me is like my favorite moment in the episode and so uh i was gonna say seven but just to be different i'll go with eight um <laughs> Oh, and spare ribs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, ribs. Eight out of speaking ten spare of, ribs. Carly's mom makes really good ribs, and my dad makes really good ribs, and I think they should have a rib off. 
I don't remember, remember she, my mom ever making ribs. She a rib off. She came to um yeah we just rib on each other. Rib. She came to Possum Kingdom and made them and they were really really. Oh, good. I bet she does. She's an excellent cook. Yeah. I I love ribs. It's I like my baby top baby five. Chili's baby baby bag, bag room. <laughs> awesome blossom. Extra awesome. Extra Thank awesome. Um, great. Great awesome. job, guys. Yes. Thanks so much, Nick. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for having me. Like, obviously, yeah, you know, it. you have the unique perspective, but I also feel like we're all kind of similar in the fact that we have these kind of creative aspirations and these creative, you know, projects that we work on, but we also, you know, work and have jobs and are just normal people. So, um, yeah, no, guys, yeah, we're just no, regular people talking and celebrities. Right. We're just no, like just... you. <laughs> it, it's fun to see the same thing so, and talk about those things. Totally. In a layered way and not just be like, oh, it's football. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll have to have and you we'll... back on for some of the episodes in your season. Yeah, it'll be a while. <laughs> I know. We'll, it's we'll going to be like, it'll be 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be listening. So appreciate y'all having of course, me. Of course, this is super fun. Okay, so just to well, first of all, let's oh, yeah. let's sign off, Monica. Wait, oh, yeah. what's so, our sign off? Oh yeah, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Oh Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. All my friends were vampires Didn't know they were vampires Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town